Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. And here we are. The people have been asking. They've been waiting. They've been writing on the wall. They've been sending inboxes. They've been asking, when's the podcast back? When's the podcast back? Well, guess what? It's back, baby. We're back, mate. We are back. We are back. And they can't see us, but I can see you. But I'm not next to you. We're on Zoom. We're doing the Bill Simmons. We're on Zoom, yeah. I'll be cousin Sal to your Bill Simmons. Yeah, good. We've already done a little bit of a test. So for anyone that used to complain about the mobile phone, bang your head on a table because it already sounds better in my opinion. Yeah, it sounds okay. So that's a plus one. It's not going to be the same as live recording, but I know plenty of podcasts who record in using this method and this is what it is. Yep. And uh, hopefully no technical difficulties that we're learning on the fly. Hopefully your internet's good down there. So hopefully your internet's good where you are. One's very good, mate. Brand new NBN. So we're all right. There you go. He's killing it. And just for everybody, as we kick things off, welcome back to another season of the fifth and last NRL podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, and if you are, sucks to be here. Don't know who put you onto us, but cheers for the recommendation. And uh, I think it's year 12. I said last year 11, but I'm pretty sure this is the 12th season. So from anyone that kicked off when we were sitting in the old bedroom, coach from park football to now the circumstance where you're now involved, obviously, New South Wales Cup and first grade, and I'm still digging holes, climbing poles and calling football. He's made it to the top, and I'm still just the cellar dweller. Yeah. Welcome. Boxhead, uh, probably the elephant in the room, but nothing major about it. A lot of people obviously seeing the announcement on the Raiders website. That's where you are now. Bit of a change since we stopped at the back end of last year. Yeah, I'm not sort of sure. I didn't listen to the... Our last episode, um, but yeah, made the decision in early December uh, to resign from the Manly Seagulls and take up an opportunity with the Canberra Raiders. So um, re- the majority of the reasons for that um, I'll keep private, um, but obviously it's a pretty pretty big decision for me personally and our family, my daughter, um has just started kindergarten so we sort of had to uproot essentially within you know three or four weeks um and get our stuff down to Canberra and get try and get her settled prior to school commencing so um look yeah there's there's been probably a lot said um very minimal said from me uh and it's that'll it'll stay that way because I'm not going to play things out um publicly all people need to know is that, um, yeah, I resigned. Uh, 
and and not not due to any any um, anything in particular other than uh, I just thought it was a better opportunity and um when you're when you're in professional sport and opportunities like the one that I was presented with don't come around very often and uh yeah I had to I had to weigh things up and and make a decision that I thought was not only best for me but best for you know my wife who's she works at the ATO so she had um you know the ability to to transfer down to Canberra so from that point logistically it made it fairly easy um the anxiety was obviously around moving away from family friends yourself uh and then uprooting our kids who you know they're young and and it's a t- it was a tough decision to you know essentially move them away from um being comfortable they were comfortable settled you know we had a house um mortgage all that sort of jazz and you know we never really thought that we were going to be uh moving to Canberra and then particularly that quickly so but the opportunity I've been presented with is uh was too good to pass up um it's you know like you say it's it's the New South Wales Cup head coaching position but essentially I'm hands-on with the NRL team every day uh and you know that's that's been my dream since I started coaching so um I'm not going to apologize to anyone um I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity that Manly presented me no doubt about that um and the Blacktown Worker Seagulls and the timing, the timing was horrible. And from, you know, that perspective, you know, I'm, I'm accountable to that. And I apologise to the relevant people for the timing. But what those people also need to understand is that the timing had uh, the biggest impact on my family, not on anyone else. So in the end, I've only got to look them in the eye um, and they're extremely happy with the move and they're settled and, um, I'm enjoying my time here and, you know, I intend to be here for a long period of time. That's, um, I, I feel like this is going to give me an opportunity to really um, dig my heels in and prove myself as a, you know, a coach at not only New South Wales Cup level, but, you know, assisting the NRL staff as well at the NRL level. So, um, yeah, it's, it's between the last recording and now it's been a lot going on. So it feels like only yesterday we were, we were wrapping up last year and, you know, here we are to kick off kick off the next season. I think I always sort of knew that I might have to move, whether it was uh, to Canberra or Melbourne or, you know, whether it was to Queensland or potentially to the UK. It's just, you know, if you want to chase your dreams, you want to um, coach at the highest level, you've got to, you know, at some point you've, you're probably going to have to move in a state and move away from your family, so... That's the decision that I've made. I've got zero regrets. I'm I'm enjoying it a lot, and uh, yeah, like I said, I I plan on being down here for a, for a long long period of time. Well, my opinion hasn't changed. It's the same as it was prior, and I say the exact same thing I said before. No one's happier, or no one's prouder than me. Uh, I find a little serendipitous that 13 years later you ended up in the same place that I did, and I absolutely loved it. So I couldn't be any yeah. happier when you rang and told me. That, that there was an opportunity and something was going to be happening there. And I think for the flip side, you don't know anything, any, anything uh, other than, you know, your family and yourself and you only get one, uh, one crack in this life and on yes. this, on the dance. And when an opportunity like this comes along, no different, whether you're a player or a coach in footy, it moves fast. And if you, you don't take your chance when it comes, you may not never get another one. So like I said, at the end of the day, uh, you did everything you were supposed to, ticked all the boxes. And I think, like you said, hopefully it's going to be a long-term thing. 
the only part I hated is exactly what you said when I left originally. The hardest part is no kids and no you hit. That's the, the hard yeah, part. Yeah, and that's in the end. But uh, it's for it the greater was, good it and it's far, for... Uh, it, was, it would have been far easier to stay where I was doing what I was doing. Yeah. Too um, good an opportunity to pass up. Yeah. And that's rugby league, ladies and gentlemen. Made and, uh, yeah, it's already been um, a fruitful one and, you know, I'm, I'm extremely happy and comfortable with the decision that I've made. Yeah. And like I said, you know, nothing to nobody except your family and you did everything the right way. And uh, I, I was going to do a Conor McGregor and so I'd like to apologise too to absolutely nobody. <laughs> yeah. No, but... oh, look, the timing, the timing wasn't great, but... No. What those people, what those people need to understand is that uh, the timing was horrible for our family and horrible for pro- probably in a way it was it was a blessing for you guys and because <clears throat> it didn't really drag it out we sort of told everyone and then we were gone sort of a month later so mm. um, but but for young children yeah it was it was difficult mm. it wasn't easy and um, yeah that that part of it did give me a lot of anxiety and a lot of sleepless nights and you know yeah. It, it, well, it had nothing to do with footy. It was all about yeah, um, just making sure that my kids were okay. And, you know, I, my wife's an absolute superstar. Like, she's she's only ever known me as a coach and only ever supported me as a coach. So I, I knew that I'd have her support. And, you know, she, the greatest part of her job is the flexibility to move. So we, we always sort of knew that. If we if we had to move in a state that there would be flexibility her there with her working arrangement, so you know that that to a degree has been an advantage, um, and you you just got to take take the advantages that you've got. Um, so yeah, we'll move forward, um, and that's that's all I'll say about it. I've been contacted by a lot of people, both privately, um, you know, personally. And then I guess from the wider rugby league community, and I, I don't intend on saying anything else publicly or, um, yeah, other than, you know, that's the nuts and bolts of what happened and that's why I made the decision. And mm, That's rugby league. Move on. So there you go. But season preview, we're here, we're back, we're very, very close. This is probably a little bit later than usual just because things have been so chaotic, but we have Vegas this it, weekend. Later? I don't think it is. I think it's just because Vegas is now. Vegas has sort of stuffed us up a little week, bit. We, we always like to preview and chat post-trials because... Yeah, well, like Tom the, Gilbert on the weekend, something like that yeah. changes the reflection that you may have on a team or, you know, uh, guys getting suspended or early part of the year. You look at things like that and go, okay, is that going to cost a couple of games here and there? Does that change the outlook of a team, which is generally why we hold off. Some people like to go before the trials or during the trials. And we've had seasons like that where someone gets suspended for a whole year or injured and a week later you're going, oh, well, now that changes the whole outlook of what you were thinking uh, in terms. But just to sort of set things up for people for the year with the circumstances as they are now, all things betting related, all that sort of side of content, this, that, and the other will be split into two shows. So obviously myself being non-affiliated, able to continue on as always for the fifth and last, I'll be doing one, during the week, we'll probably be looking to do a Monday, Wednesday, I'd say. So me and you get together on a Monday and talk footy, as we've always done, about the action from the weekend. And I'll be jumping in solo and with different guests, probably on Wednesdays to preview the round uh, and run through any sort of uh, the fun stuff on the flip side. So plain and simple on that. And this season preview will be as it generally has been. We'll go through the teams, 
talk about squads, ins and outs, all the bits and pieces. Obviously, again, uh, probably the only sort of difference here, you're just going to give a bit of a general overview. I'm still going to piece together a ladder and give my predictions. Yeah. So yeah. with uh, that... Yeah, I, I guess my my role will be to, you know, do essentially what I've done in the past, just give the the coaching spin. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to steer clear of predictions and um, building ladders and weekly tips and, and things like that. I don't think, um, you know, I think if that's the small sacrifice that I've got to make to ensure that we can keep doing this and, you know, I certainly don't want to uh, put, um, yeah, put any information out there that I just don't need to for other people to use as um, fodder or ammunition. No, um, yeah, and to be fair, like us, we were chatting off air, I just, um, I haven't really... You know, you just get in that bubble, and you're you're working within your own club, and you don't look as externally as you would when you when I was working in another job full time. Like it, once it is full time, it is a little bit all consuming. From you know, I guess where your feet are. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm certainly not across. Uh, you know, all the stuff that you're across in regards to news and uh, the day to day goings on. So. Um, yeah, and I again, I, I make no apology for that. But you know, I think I'll bring, um, I'll, I'll still bring that coaching perspective and you know that little bit of a different spin. And uh, you know, we we prided ourselves on disagreeing and um, agreeing, and you know, having it out for twelve to thirteen years. So that that won't change. We're, we're always going to have difference of, of opinion, but you know, that's that's why I think the show works, and that's why people um, like to listen. And on the flip side of that, we've always prided ourselves on knowing our rugby league and having an opinion. And I think, again, it's reflected in the fact that you've climbed the business that you have. Um, you know, whether I've had commentating gigs or had involvement with Massey, Junior Epps, New South Wales Cup, et cetera, as well, you know, you'd like to think that there's a little bit of weight behind what you're saying as well. You're not just talking at your backside. So from that perspective, and particularly on your yeah. side of things, obviously, you know, uh, oh, it doesn't make my. It doesn't make my. No, it doesn't make it right. What I'm saying. My an opinion is an opinion. And... An opinion is an opinion, but yeah, it's uh, obviously, like I said, in any capacity to keep you on board, not only because you're my best mate, and my brother, but I think you know this is what makes the show work. So we'll make it work under whatever circumstances we have to. So let's jump in and let's do it. I'm going to build a ladder as we go. Brock, like you said, is going to jump in and talk about the teams and the general overview as we will. I've rattled all my pieces of paper together as you love so much, me handwriting everything rather than using a computer like people do in 2024. And on the top of my list, first up for the season preview, I have the Sydney Roosters. Uh, the Roosters scraped in last year, seventh place with a 13-11 record. Can't say it was the greatest of years again. Obviously, some injuries happened early on. Had the drama with Sam Walker. Questions around Tedesco's form. Radley suspended, Sawali to rugby, cheese. Like they come good late, as they always do. They're just one of those clubs. They ended up grinding their way into week two. And if anything, I think the way the season played out, they're overachieved. But coming back again in 2024, as is every year with the Roosters, I think there's a huge expectation uh, out the door uh, for them. You know, Baker, Paulo, Momorowski, Drew, uh, Hutchison, Turpin, a couple of guys like that, but in, no surprise, Dom Young. Len you they've had a swag of injuries, like we said. There's a lot of guys that are going to be back on deck. When you look at it, like man for man, talent and power, as usual, this is a side that probably should be a top 14. 
but it hasn't been reflected in the football the last couple of years. Um, they've still got four spots open, still a bit of room to move. But I'm, I'm looking that's at that's massive, like having four spots. Oh, huge! And oh, I'm, I'm interested. Big, yeah. <laughs> a lot of clubs, I think, are paying more attention to the preseason challenge now, especially after a bit of the power vacuum that happened with the Dolphins and the play market being slimmer than it's ever been. Yeah. So wouldn't surprise me to see a few teams in the next couple of weeks trying to pick up players that they've viewed in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I, I look at this and I think there's a bit of a recipe here why the style of football sort of worried me and I didn't think it all come together or was probably heading the direction it should. The last year of Jarabri Hargreaves, Sawali moving on, potentially the last year of Joseph Manu, if that announcement is going to be true that he's going to rugby union. I think Cheese will definitely be better. Uh, Walker coming back at the back end of the year. I think they started to go more towards the direction they should with him and letting him play. And I think if they just buy into the fact that they've got a running one, they've got running halves, they've got a running nine, and they've got an absolute ripper of a forward pack that stays healthy. Um, and just buy back into what was Roosters' DNA earlier, which was their defense. I think that's sort of dropped off the last few years. They used to pride themselves on giving away six agains, defending inside 20 and just holding on their goal line. This team should be a finals team. Well, yeah, when you look at when you look at the talent, <clears throat> uh, there's no doubt. He's when you talk about Sam Walker, he's about to click over that um sixty game mark in the NRL, which I think yeah, this will be the year where he matures and you start to see, I guess, what he's gonna be as an end product. He's still like he's only twenty one years of age, so insane. It is crazy. Uh I think, like you said, Brandon Smith another year there, sort of understanding his role in, in the spine. And I, I just felt like they, they lacked fluency last year. Like they, it wasn't like they didn't have the talent. It just seemed like whenever they get going, they get an injury or a suspension and it sort of click late. And it did the year before as well. Mm. And when you look at, uh, you know, their, their roster there, um, like you said, they're, they're never short of quality talent. Uh, and, yeah, it's going to be no different this year. So, you know, while ever Nick Pilatus is there, they're going to have, you know, fantastic financial backing and they're going to be an attractive destination for free agents. So, uh, yeah, the one I, I think it's just Sam Walker for me. I, you know what I'm like with young Harles. I, I really look forward to seeing him play this year. And, yeah, he's, I think he's, um, he's going to be a special player and hopefully he can really you know, nail down and play good, consistent first-grade footy this year. And if that happens, then, you know, and you can keep Kiri fit and on the field and, you know, hopefully he can he can steer clear of, uh, you know, those concussion issues and head knock issues he's had. You know, even Tedesco had a few injury niggles last year. And then, like you said, from a motivational perspective, they've got plenty this year. Yeah. It'll be interesting just, just to see how those, you know, the four teams that go to Vegas, how they come back and, yeah, because when you when you think about the teams that have gone over for the World Cup Challenge, traditionally they they sort of hit a wall three or four rounds in, and they struggle for probably a month. Yeah, be interesting to see you know what happens with these teams that go to Vegas because it's going to be a similar, a similar sort of trip in in relation to travel and time. Probably a little bit less actually when you when you look at the flights, but you know it's also a party destination and. You know, if they win and Saturday night in Vegas, like they're, you know, you think they're going to enjoy themselves and then they're back on a plane. 
you know, the, the best part of it is that they've got uh, that following weekend off. You know, I guess they're calling this weekend round zero. Yeah. And then round one and, and those teams don't play until round two and they actually play each other, which, again, I think is really smart scheduling by the NRL. So it'll just be interesting to see, you know, whether it does have an impact, whether it, you know, whether it doesn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to, I think, for, for Roosters fans. I think it's crazy to look at a back line and think between Dom Young's definitely going to have a spot. Someone like a Tupo, a Billy Smith will not be in this team because between those two and Solari, yeah. you can guarantee Manu's playing. You can guarantee Dom Young's been bought to play, but Smith, Suwali, and Daniel Tupo, essentially two have to go. You know, three doesn't go into two. One of those guys is going to be playing New South Wales Cup. I think an extension of an island branch, in my opinion, went to Billy Smith with that new three-year deal that maybe this year he might be the one that's in and out and they play Sawali in the centres. I, I don't know that for sure. Or maybe even Tupac. I know they've kept him for another year. He's a stalwart of the club. I, I don't know if they would have kept him around for a year to play him in New South Wales Cup. But one of those guys is going to be going backwards sometimes. Um, I think Lenu brings a bit of leg speed they were missing. And to get Tupanua back healthy, if Radley can just run first, not pass and stay on the field, they found Wong may come up good, Nafahu White. Like, I just think it's more the forwards that are blowing me away. Like, there's a there's a chance here that even a guy like Jared is no guarantee. Um, but Egan Butcher, Angus Crichton, Connor Watson back in the mix, Moriarty, who I think is a very handy nine there. Uh, it's not to say he takes time off cheese, but if they need someone to play more as a nine and not have that utility type like a Watson, I just think for the 26 they've got on the book right now, it's a ridiculously good 26. Can they piece it together? Can they find the style of the gameplay? Uh, it was unclear last year. They were a bit side to side. The few times they really bit down in the mouth guard and just played to the middle first and then played off the back of it, they look good. So it's more that for me. If the forward pack can stay healthy and lift and that running spine, which it predominantly is, especially Sam, Teddy and Cheese and Kiri steer things, this could easily be a contender. I, I'm not thinking that exactly. My opinion at the moment, I've got them finishing fifth. So that's where I landed on the Roosters. But finals football should be no less. And I, I think if things went right and pending origin this year, they might have less representation. Uh, they could find themselves in the top four easily. All good. Yep. Yep. Still got you there. Uh Next one up, the one last year that everybody basically picked to get the spoon who didn't get the spoon, the Dolphins. And not the Redcliffe Dolphins, the Dolphins. Wayne's last year before Christian Wolf takes over. They got off to a great start. They had some really good wins, um, some great buys in your Gilberts, your Marshall Kings, Azarko, Hammer. The injuries took a toll. That older forward pack really slowed down. They really burn out at the back end of the year. and uh, Things got ugly, but I think for year two, They've made some real smart moves in the market. They've rolled some players over. There's some pathway stuff we're definitely not seeing. But again, I think they're still probably a year away from being where they really want to be, uh, particularly in the forward pack. I still think this forward pack is a little bit too old. The fresh blood of Flegler and Gilbert, who was going to be basically like a new player until the poor bugger tore his ACL on the weekend. That is a massively underrated blow um, to their forward stocks. But the backline changeover to get in a guy like Avarillo, and Herbie Farmworth to put in with Hammer, Azarko, Young Bostock, and what they've already got. I think it's just close to one of the best back lines in the competition. Yeah, 
what they did last year was uh, well, a huge surprise to everyone, wasn't it? So, mm. you, yeah, their, their roster looks to have improved. Uh, and look, Wayne Bennett's the master of keeping young players calm and keeping things simple. So that was a perfect formula for the team last year. So I don't think it, much is going to change there this year. And then you've got, you know, an up-and-coming coach like Christian Wolf sitting in behind and, you know, probably looking after the, you know, the detail of the of the operation. So they're in a really good spot. And, and like you said, from a uh, development point of view, you know, you're hearing a lot of good things about, you know, what they're pumping through and what they've got there. And certainly, you know, in a geographical area where they're going to have uh, a lot of players coming through for a long period of time. So, mm. look, I think they could be extremely happy with how they finished last season. And, um, you know, I, I would probably think they'd be aiming for something similar. And, and if they could improve on that, they'd be wrapped as an organisation, I would imagine. <clears throat> yeah, I think nine wins was well over what I expected. Yeah, losing Gilbert is... Oh, massive. God, I just... They've got Flegler. Uh, they've added, you know, like, like you said, a few players. Yeah, backline doesn't concern me at all. And to get Junior Tupo already from the Tigers coming next year, that backline just gets better and better. It's, it's more the fact I just think... Young halves. And again, you just need to be patient with them and take your yeah. medicine with young halves and... You know, you'll you'll bear your fruits in the end, and I think that's probably where the dolphins are at at the moment. Mm. And then it won't panic; he won't go chopping and changing, and he'll hold his nerve and just, you know, take him through the the roller coaster that is a season. Yeah, just also interested to see again the recruitment turnover. There's a lot, like we said, that they had for two year deals, so they've got a massive window here this year. But obviously, the market more competitive, but particular forwards when you've got Felice, Jesse, Kenny. Wallace, Nichols, it is definitely one of the older forward packs, and that's the one area that concerns me. As good as a lot of those guys have been, especially the Bromwiches and Felice, um, it, Jesse's basically almost admitted before the season started that this is his last year. I know the trials are only trials, but he didn't really run Kenny in the starting 17 or even in the back row. Um, so I sort of look at it from a setup point of view and think they've definitely got their one in Hammer. They've definitely got their nine in Marshall King. They've got Ferraris in the outside backs, like learning her, her, landing Herbie. And getting Izarko back to where he was outstanding. But I think long term for them, they really need to turn this forward pack over. And I still think they need to find a key half. It could be Katoa, but much like a Teague or landing Oren Keeley, who I think are good development signings to take from other clubs, they're not probably right now guys you look at and think they're going to dominate in the NRL. So I think it's another development year. But the bigger part that interests me with the recruitment is Wayne Bennett's leaving the club. So does Wolf have the pulling power along with those players to get some forwards or some guys interested? to come up there and want to join on with what the Dolphins are going to be doing post Wayne Bennett. Because I have no doubt in my mind he's going to go coach somewhere else. That bloke's going to die in a coaching box. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, I, I don't know that. <clears throat> but, yeah. Well, seems that way. Seems mm. like he's going to coach forever. <clears throat> so, as harsh as this may sound, especially to some Dolphins fans who got really excited this year, I also think early there was a bit of NOS about the whole thing and an inaugural club and Wayne Bennett and those veterans that they brought in to build that culture. Uh, that injury to Gilbert, I think, really hurts. I think the old legs, particularly the forward pack, it's going to be a similar situation. I've got them, whether this sounds a bit harsh or not, I've got them at 15th. But 
it's just a hard thing when you go to build a ladder. Um, there's a lot of names there, but yeah, your Jesse's, your Kenny's, like I said, Nichols, Wallace. Um, but I still think the forward pack's really the one area I'm looking at right now, and I don't. You can lean into your Keelys, your Teagues, and these guys that again, another twelve months is going to do fantastically well. But um, the one, the nine, the outside back. So I think there's some real good building blocks. But this is a huge year in terms of that turnover, of that first cycle of contracts they signed. Mm. Um, but yeah, if they can get back to that nine or ten win mark, I think last year they landed about thirteenth with that log jam. And I think it's tighter than even tighter this year, given the spread of talent and the way players have moved. Um, that's the big focus for me with the Dolphins is who they land in the player market for next year and their forward pack particularly. And yeah, can Katara, I guess, take one of those spots? He sort of got a bit tight as you do as an 18 year old at the back end. I think they'll start with Nicarima and Sullivan. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to see him sort of force his way in at some point and take that spot probably away from more likely Nicarima. I think Milford, he's on his last year, probably on his way out. But uh, I think year two, they'll be looking at him to probably stand a bit more authority as well. So moving on from the Dolphins, the Sharks, the team that has been racking up the wins the last couple of years, but finding themselves coming up short in the finals, there's been a bit of a trend over a longer period of time, even post-Fitzgibbon, not being able to beat teams in the top eight, top four, and win finals games. It happened again last year, week one, had the Roosters, had a man with a sin bin, couldn't get the job done there. Um, they come back again for it the third year with Fitzgibbon, highly stable. They've got a couple of guys back from injury. They've got minimal turnover. You know, you've got Trindle, who's probably taken that spot now, who I would have liked to have seen early last year. You've got Dykes coming back from injury. You've still got Iro. They traded for Michael Gabriel, a young bloke. You've got Stone Street still waiting in the wings there. Uh, Atkinson, Barrel, they've got pretty much good depth in a lot of those spots. And forward pack, I think, good depth across. But the signing of Fenua Blake, I think, is absolutely outstanding. I just think it's one year too far away for what they're really still lacking, which I don't think they have a dominant middle. I like their stability. Stability yep. of coach, stability of roster. And, yeah, it's always a difficult place to go and play. I think Nico Hines is going to come out with a point to prove this year. Oh, yeah. I I think the Sharks are I – don't, I don't see any reason to think they're not going to be as strong as what they were last year. Mm. I'm still of the just the similar mindset. They, can they improve on what they've got there? Like the thing you, is, like, the middles that they've got, you'd like to hope that they've improved over the off-season as well. Exactly. And, you know, whether it's a Wele who was just linked to the Warriors to swap for Fenua Blake, he stayed on for another mm-hmm. two years. If You know, a Hunt who's been injured, but when he plays, he looks great. Nicker, to me, is close to, if not one of the best back rowers in the comp. Wilton was looking good before he got injured. Uh, it, it's just, I guess, more having a bit so-so in that middle. Like, I think Dale and spoke about this when they got that deal done, probably by the length of the deal. I'm sure there's off-field stuff and the things we can't see, but they've got their money worth. But the football side, um, like to have him and McKinnis or Rudolph, I think they've got a lot of workers it really comes down to Canwele and Hunt and probably Oregon Kafusi after coming as a, a bit of a signing there, young, fresh legs, good legs, speed and power. Can those guys make that difference? Because if Aiden Fanua Blake was a part of this rotation right now with a few of those guys, I'd be right up for this group. But I think it's more the fact, like you said, the stability, knowing that they generally win those games at home and against the bottom eight teams, they've got minimal impact from Origin. Uh, and they've got a pretty good draw again, like they had the last couple of years. I, I can't see them falling out of the eight, but I still look at them in a similar sense, and I, I just can't see them 
getting again to that step where they're playing in a prelim. I still think they're probably a week one or two finals team. Yeah, um, yeah for Noah Blake, if that was this year, I would have been all over it. But it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think, yeah, getting Teague back in brings another element. I think I'd be turning Dale into part of that middle rotation just to try and change things up a little bit. They've got good leg spread, like I said, with your your Oregons, your Williams, if you get Wele and Hunt. Like, they've got some good punch there. But, um, yeah, one of the better back fives in the comp. I think Trindle's certainly going to add something with a full season and take some pressure off Hines because at times I think Hines touches the ball too much, just forces himself on it, feels like he needs to take the football all the time. Whereas, bro, I think you saw like in the All-Stars game, the quality of a player like Trindle, definitely, you know, better defensively than what they had the situation um, with Moylan and previous. So that edge should tighten up a bit. Good kicking game. He's got the potential to goal kick. I, I think that's a big plus side. And, and Will Kennedy, obviously, is a, is a real strength at the back. So, um yeah, well, I hope they like proved me wrong. Yeah, it feels like Trindle's been around for oh, years for now. Just waiting. Time, but, you know, he's only 24. Uh, and again, he's, he's a guy who's played 51 first grade games. He's going to tick over the 60 this year. Mm. He's another one like Sam Walker that I'll look at and go, okay, I think he's really going to come of age in first grade this year. And we're going to see, you know, where his ceiling is. And that same point, like origin wise, if you know Nick has looked at as a utility, and there's not many others there really in the mix. Um, Dale's probably past that point. McInnes is in Maguire's extended squad, but other than that, there, if they go unscathed through that period of time with this team, and like you said, having Trindle in the mix there now, they they could easily get themselves in a spot where they're top four and getting two bites of the cherry. It's just more winning those big games. So far, in particular with their pack, they haven't been able to gun it with the top eight teams. Yeah, and that's the part where I still look and go. Love the Fanua Blake thing, but just if – I do not blame the Warriors for just flat out saying no to him going immediately, given the situation. You cannot replace him full stop, let alone get someone of that quality, unless it's a Tino, a Fisher-Harris, or a Payne Haas coming back. There's not enough of those front rowers or a Tarpany. There's about five of them in the whole competition. So for them, in their circumstance, I don't blame them. But, yeah, great stability, um, good depth in those positions. Hopefully see Stone Street finally play – Dykes brings good coverage. Atkinson, um, yeah, and they've got some good young forwards there. But, yeah, just find it hard to see that elevation again in that forward pack and beating some of those better teams. So I've got them sliding into eighth. Uh, again, if Origin doesn't impact them in the draw, I could easily see them in the top four. But just looking for something there to show me a little bit different, whether Trindle's that trigger, whether Kennedy steps up or one of those middles becomes a bit of a point of difference. I know they're going to win games. But I just don't know if they can really challenge the top four. Mm. So that's where I'm at with the Cronulla Sharks. The Titans. Now, Desney Land. He's gone in. Holbrook's gone. It was another one of those years. Uh, blowing leads. Bit of false hope. Holbrook gone. Uh, the Tino around the contracts with uh, Dave and, and Tino. They had injuries again to their spine. But Des comes in now. This is the big change. They're buying into the fact that they think finally they can get somebody to bring some stability and correct the biggest issue that they've had, which is obviously a bit of that mental toughness, that defensive attitude, and being able to close games out. And, and being fair to come on the flip side of that, this is a very talented side. Um, it has speed. It's got points. To get someone like Bo Fermor back, who the year before was looking better than Fafita, than Fafita to play the way he did last year. If that back row is healthy with Tino, Mo, and Keenan Palacia coming across, that is a hell of a forward pack. Um 
the back line. He's obviously got to juggle the positions there. Who's going to be playing the halves? Talk about Brimson in the centres. Campbell at one. Kinney's going to play there for now with Jaden injured. Uh, like it, it, it really does look like an extremely talented side. But I still have the exact same issues that I've always got with the Titans, and I don't know if Des is going to be able to change it. It's just that general attitude to defence. And I, I still look at Foreign. I still look at Verrills. I look at Brimson, who limped on the weekend. There's a couple of guys there that every single year just miss games. Yeah. So I'll also look at their spine players and think Brimson's going to miss footy. I think Foreign's going to miss footy. I think Verrills is going to miss footy. Fafita, they're talking potentially to miss the first month. Jaden, possibly as well. Tino's going to go into origin. Fafita, if he's healthy, he's going to go into origin. Mo probably goes into origin. Um Hopefully, Des can bring a bit of a revolution to the defensive side of things because if he does, the forward pack and the attacking weapons there, you can't wear Sammy, Brimson, Jaden Campbell. This honestly has enough talent if it stays healthy to be a top four side. Mm. But there's just no history or reliability around what the Titans do as a team and as a club to let you sit there and, and think and go, they're going to hit that potential. So many times you think they're about to take another step, they just cut you down at the knees. Um, and part yeah. of that... Football and health, I still am a little bit wary of the Titans. I've said it for years. I just really don't like the sacking of the coaches and the instability of the organisation. I think culturally they've just got into that that bit of a cycle of um, trying to have someone come in and turn the club into what they want it to look like. And then before they actually get to do that, gets turned over, then you get someone else in and, that's sort of the washing machine that they've been in for a little while now. Uh, and just defensively, I think the day that they can be a top eight defensive team is is the day that they could, um, you know, be a regular top eight contender. So that that's the biggest challenge, I think. Look, Daz has got a track record of winning comps, improving teams. Uh, but he, you know, you, you speak to anyone in footy and he's certainly got his own methods and, his way of doing it. So whether that can <clears throat> be conducive with, you know, the players and the squad and I guess the culture they've got on the Gold Coast or whether it's, um, you know, going to be chalk and cheese. But the good thing is you, you haven't heard a lot out of the Gold Coast over the off-season, which has been good. Mm. Uh, I I don't read a lot into their trial form. Uh, they've got some extremely talented players. I think, it, again, I'll just highlight that point. I think defensively, if they can get their defence right, they could... Score points with the best of them, so that that's going to be the the big question mark, I guess. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. To have Campbell, Keanu, Kinney, Brimson, like is your fullback options. Um, that forward pack, in particular, if for feeder and for more healthy, you couldn't have two more damaging mobile back rowers to go with Tina. In the They've game all, moving to the that mobile, fast body, yeah, powerful. That's proven to be true. They've certainly got a roster construction which looks like. It's got plenty of players which will be fit into the style, which will be, um, yeah, it could be really, really dominant. Mm. And I think depth-wise as well, I, I didn't mind what I saw of Weaver last year. He probably probably will get some games because Foran, no doubt, will probably miss at well, times. during the weekend as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it was just a calf. So for him, you know, at some point there's going to be a muscle, whether it's a calf or a hamstring. Brimson, I think, had a lower leg injury. Campbell and Fafita, like I said, under a bit of a cloud, but that's probably their biggest issue. Other than that, I think in most positions, they've got pretty good outside back cover with JoJo, Smith Shields, Francis is a name to look out for. Um, Weaver will get some time. Well, Randall. Weaver, Weaver's 21. He's played three first-grade games. So I guess the question for the Titans, 
is you know you're going to give him three years to learn in first grade and mm. that, that's whether the, whether the club is going to give Des the time to you know if they think he's the half of the future then you know you, you've just got to take your medicine a little bit in these first couple of years and yeah just try and put the right guys around him I, yeah I think there's a lot of saw a lot of good things when he played last year mm. And it's my same thought, like I said, if, if Verrill's all these guys are on the field, I, I think honestly, talent was it's Yeah, he's like Verrill's is it's up there with very being, Yeah, one of those teams with the way he's football's heading. Cool by injury. And yeah, that's the problem. I, I don't like to use that as an excuse because yeah, I think here best it's football excuse. it's just like that's that's a fact. It's like, a fact. He, yeah. He's had injury issues, as has foreign. Mm. And you know, if they can keep their best spine on the park for 24 games or, you know, whatever it is, 25 games, 20, 24 games, I think it is. Yeah, and that full um, back. Like, they're, they're going to win 12 games, yeah. which will, you know, put them in contention for the eight. The question is whether that's actually going to, you know, they're going to get some injury luck. Yeah, and and to land Palacio 12 every months team, well, earlier. Every team's got players that you just think, well, if we lose him, it's going to be a significant... You know, stressor on on the roster and and on your depth, mm, and the way you play. Yeah, like you have to. Yeah, a lot of things that are installed in the off season are based on best case scenario, and then when you get into scenarios where you're losing players and you're losing people who are influence, uh, very influential on the style of play that you have, you then sort of you know you got to make adaptations on the run. So mm. difficult, and that I think it's probably the biggest. The biggest determinant to where teams finish is injuries. Like we say it every year that more often not the team that wins the comp is the one that's used the least amount of players. Yeah, between that and defensive numbers, like if you're a consistently yeah, bottom four defensive the Titans, team. They're, they're the two things, right? It's yeah. defense and they can score with anyone on their day. Team on the field. But they're also blew the three biggest leads in the competition last year. So it's another one yeah. of those things where you're like, well, History more scares me than what I'm looking at on paper. On paper, I see top eight should be a given and potential health and everything going right to be top four, but yeah, that's not where I've landed. Um, and again, like I said, I really think particularly five to 13, I really struggle. Like to honestly have to put some of these teams at the numbers I've given them. There's some fans that would be absolutely raging, but I honestly think that log jam is so, so deep. Um I've got them at 13th, and that's more speaking to what I just said then. I, I think there's talent all across the park, but yeah. I do not trust Brimson, Foran, Verrills to not miss an extended period of time and probably have a stress on all the key positions. Um, you know Tino's going to play rep football. Fafita, with the injury and or playing rep football, yeah, oh, that's my biggest issue with the Titans. And can he change that culture defensively? No one's been able to do it yet. Des has got a hell of a reputation, great track record. This is the biggest challenge yeah, he's no had. One, no, one's, no one's had the time to do it. Yeah. And like you said, will they buy in? Mm. So, oh, no, that's not what I said. I, oh, well, not, not, not that. Like that. It's just not, the culture not, of. Will they buy in? It's just, yeah, is, is he going to work on the Gold Coast? Yeah. It's certainly a like, different like, environment to the Bulldogs for, and Manly. Graveyard for coaches. Mm. And it's very different to man than the Bulldogs. Like even someone like Justin Holbrook, like I got a huge amount of respect for him. And yeah. Well, probably didn't no, mention no before. No way in the world that I would have been firing him, but 
no, he's landed at the Roosters as the attack coach, which is something they certainly needed help with. And uh, I think yeah. he certainly showed in his time there that the attack wasn't a problem. So that, that's a big plus for the Roosters this year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think this could go one of two ways. Like, really, talent-wise, should be a top eight side. Everything going absolutely perfectly. Honestly, it could be a freak year where you look and go, man, the Titans are close to the top four. But few guys there in key positions I don't just trust health-wise. Origin always feels the pinch if those few guys uh, make it. Your Tino's, your Fafita, your Mo, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, it's more Verrills, Foreign, Jaden, AJ. Three of those guys or four of those guys all play in key positions. And I don't ever remember a time probably in the last three to four years where any of them have played basically more than half a season. So I think some of the woes will continue, unfortunately, for the Titans. But that is a very talented side and... Uh, I'd be stoked if I was Des taking over a roster where they signed Palacia 12 months earlier off the little bits they'd seen at Brisbane. He's turned into a hell of a player. That's a stacked forward pack. Mm. Uh, the Parramatta Eels, speaking of teams, uh, tough start last year, very close losses, and then they just couldn't buy a trick, whether it was Brown gets suspended, Campbell Gillard's injuries, you know, Madison missed some time, Moses missed some time. They had to go through a, a bit of a phase at the start of the year working out in the bench middles that they'd lost. They worked on some different edge combinations. They ended up probably at the back end of the year ticking some boxes that probably more lead into this year and a bit of hope when they found a hop good, settled on Cartwright, who played some good football, found that extra middle in Wirimu Greg and, and picking up off of Hengawi late, as well as now getting Kelma Tualungi, who can play between the edge or the middle. But um, yeah, 12 and 12 year, just missed out. They still beat Penrith twice, but... Coming into this season uh, and looking at roster that I've got here right now, they've got that many forwards. It's incredible, but really lean in the backs. Worried about the nine situation again. Like Lustig's a very solid player. Hands is creative, but he probably seems to strike me more like a Des, like he's nine just to dish the ball, make his tackles and give good service. In terms of halves combinations, you've got a top three or four halves pairing. You've got representative front rowers. So I think with Lane, if he can stay healthy and Cartwright and Hopgood, you've got a great back row. Greg, Madison, Offer, Kelmer, you can stack your bench. Um, but yeah, I think back line worries me a little bit. bit thin there. Sevo's already suspended. Um, can they get enough out of one and nine? Like Guthins is always there effort-wise and, and doing the job. Uh, can Lane stay on the field? He missed half of last year and um, can offer hand Gowie and these guys contribute in a meaningful way. And, and they're another one that I looked at and thought, looking at them, especially forward pack and halves, I could see them playing finals football and being a genuine team again that tries to fight maybe around that six to four mark. Um, Origin, you know, who plays? Like, does Moses get a look in? If Luai is, you know, not going to be at Penrith anymore, Madge might, might go that combo form-wise. Campbell Gillard, Paulo, maybe. Um, but something... In my head, I just I can't get past similar deal with the Titans. Just there's been a real pattern over time. Scoring points is not a problem. Forward pack, good forward pack. Halves good on their day and, and can tear a team apart. But they're consistently another one of these teams. Even the grand final year, they were ninth defensive in the competition last year. I think they were twelfth. Um, that side, big games, finals football, when it matters, can they tighten that up? Can they find a way? to beat the bigger sides, bar obviously a penalty who they've got up against. And do they have enough there coming out of one and nine in their outside backs? Simonson's solid. I really like Penasini, but yeah, 
Russell, Servo's already suspended for a month. Hayes, Dunster, outside that, they're really, really light on the edges. Mm. <clears throat> well, they've got enough talent there. That's mm. for sure. Parramatta. And you look at their spine and, you know, they've got the players there that could project them up the table as we saw. They made a grand final and then last year slid out of the eight. Um, yeah, I, I really I really don't have a strong gut appeal on Parramatta this year. Um, like you said, there's a lot of a lot of youth there as well. So they're probably in that period of transition where they've, you know, they've had to turn over a little bit of their roster, they're having to blood some of those juniors coming through and they've still got the core of that group that made the grand final. So uh if a few of those young guys can, you know, really shoot out of the ground, then they could surge right back up the table. Yeah, I think I'll take your point on on their defense. I didn't know that they were ninth even the year they made the grand final. So mm. but that's I mean that's an area that everyone <clears throat> everyone would have circled and you know there's there's always only going to be one team that finishes first and then everyone else has got to fill a slot irrespective of how hard you work at that area. So you know I think it's a combination of you know your Work. I think everyone's working really hard at it, but yeah, you know, it's the, it's the players that you got at your disposal and their ability to execute what you're trying to, you know, what you what you're trying to implement. I guess. I, again, I do take injury luck. It was really rough last year. The Brown suspension didn't help playing everyone off the ball the first five rounds. But I looked again this year and don't like to look at the draw too much. But they have the most five day turnarounds. They've got four five day turnarounds. They get the Broncos twice, Panthers twice. Storm twice, Roosters twice, South twice, like that side of things again. Um, like I look at them six to 13 and go, that's awesome. I think Cartwright played his best football after such a long period of time and has obviously matured. Lane, we know how much of a factor he was the year before. So, yeah, six to 13 and to have the, the option of having a Madison, a Greg, an Offer and a Kelmer off your bench, I see enough there. And again, another one of these teams that if it all goes right, could be top four. And certainly should be top eight. But with this log jam, like I've spoke about, they're another one I see maybe going 12 and 12 again. That not being enough. It wasn't enough last year because of that log jam. So I've landed with the Eels at 10th. Um, and this was the, yeah, the, the, the few around that mark is extremely difficult. I, most years I come in, I've got six pretty much straight away or five. This time I only had four that I was really confident of. I had nine teams I had to sit there and try and get into four spots. And then there's that cycle, which has been common knowledge, that almost every year, or basically every year, I think bar one in the last 10, three teams go in and out. Yeah. Well, like Penrith Broncos, they were streaks ahead last year, and then, you know, the rest were fairly close. And, yeah, I think, again, they've lost a little bit. A of teams who, like you say, sort of been transitioning in and out of the eight in that sort of middle eight that we always talk about of the of the table. so mm. And it's those factors, again, whether it be injury, rep football, part of like the timing All of the draw. That, yeah. Just, but I, I think for them, good thing would be if obviously injuries be a bit better and if they get enough out of their one and nine, I certainly think they've got one of the better forward packs in depth in that position. They've got a great young halfback, Ethan Sanders, as a backup who's been – you know, talked about in some trade moves. They've got lots of forwards there. They've got a couple of guys on the way up. Guimer, um, who played New South Wales, two of a tie. 
Uh, so there's certainly some talent there. But yeah, backs is probably the one spot I looked and thought with Sevo already being suspended. If they get some injuries there, that's going to be a problem error. Um, and where he goes with nine, I really like hands. I think hands bring something. But he sort of mentioned in public, I think, that he wants to play an 80-minute hooker. So if it's going to be that role, I think it probably has to be Lussick. Not to say hands can't defend, but Lussick's you more straight up and down, dish the ball, make your tackles, bigger body. But if that's the case, clearly he wants to stack the bench. Mm. So interested in how they play, but there's more than enough there again to play finals. They probably should play finals, but unfortunately you can't fit everybody in. So put them in last year. They just missed. They might prove me wrong this year. South Sydney, speaking of teams, they led after 11 rounds last year. The origin period, some injuries, plays going in, a couple of losses against some bottom teams when you miss some players. It's another reason why I get so angry about origin. There, there was obviously more than that. There was the Burgess situation. Uh, there was a bit going on internally at the back end of last year. Things really fizzled out. Uh, they've got a bit of a changeover in staff. Jack Whiten comes over, I, I think, the way things finished and coming to this year, this is a big year for South, a real pressure year. We're only talking about making prelim, 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 grand final sort of run that that window, like keeping it open was hard. It was open massively last year. They missed a huge opportunity. And this is another year where despite a couple going out, that window is probably still open for them. And if they're going to get one, they may look back and say, oh, Penrith were you know, that good and Brisbane were good and Melbourne and a couple of those teams. But if they don't, get a premiership sort of in this six or seven year window to me, this has been a massive failure. Um, but huge pressure on them. Kepi come across also, but they lost Sele. Uh Cartwright moves on Jed, that is. They had a couple of depth guys, nothing huge there. Blake Taff, who was a great fill-in at fullback in the halves. But you look at this team, one to seven if it was healthy. Latrell, Johnston, Jack, Campbell Graham, who's now out till about round 20, which was a huge announcement. And then they've got some wing options. Munro was looking like he was on the up, whether they go with a Thompson or a Tane, but Munro's now missing six to eight weeks. Jack's suspended to around three, and they've also had a bit of a run in the off-season with uh, some soft tissue injuries with some guys. So that coupled with travelling to Vegas and looking at a, a predictor, it says they've got one of the hardest draws. They've got the Broncos, Sharks, Storm, Eels, Panthers, Roosters, and Eagles, who most people have all those teams lined up in the eight twice. And they're going to have origin plays again. You'd think Latrell, if healthy, is in the origin mix. Jack's already basically started to talk like he potentially could play origin again. Cook is one of multiple options for nine. I think that's a bit more open this year. Kalamatungi, Arrow, Murray. So injuries already. If origin's ruthless and with this rough draw, this is a big year for South Sydney. Massive. Massive. So I reiterate everything you said. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they're chock full of talent, and I love watching them play. Uh, a lot of yeah, just there's a lot of a lot of pressure, just based on the profile of the club, uh, everything that happened last year. A lot of it, who knows how much of it was uh, media spin and truth, and you know we're never really gonna get to the bottom of it. The the reason why it probably kept getting petrol is because the team struggled and they ended up missing the eight. So I guess the biggest way to alleviate all that is to get back to that early season form. I, I've got no reason to think that they they can't do that because they haven't had any real major 
roster changes or losses, they throw in Jack White and he'll play, you know, you think in the centres. You know, yeah, they're, um, they look a loaded roster and they're going to want to uh, right the wrongs of, of, you know, the back end of last year, that's for sure. Year three of Ilias, I think, again. Another one. Like, he'll go over 60 games this year, you know. Physically, I can't believe how big he is for a seven. Like, he yeah. physically is incredible. Um, again, the seven's the one who generally cops the blame, I think, harshly at times last year, not defending him. Everyone just points at the seven. I know it was easy to look on the other side because Reynolds made the grand final, but the year before, Reynolds lost the last six games and they made a prelim. I just more think between Cody... Latrell missing half a season, Cook, Martin, there was a lot of guys in more senior roles for South last year on that run home. Um, it was the team as a whole. It wasn't the halfback. Like, not saying he was great by any stretch, but you can't always just point to the seven. They had much bigger issues than that. And early doors. Oh, and particularly, he's a, you know, he's a kid. Yeah, he's a rookie half, and you've got three veterans in your spine. Yeah. Like I look this year and go, less excuse. It's year three. You've played first grade now for two years. Yeah, he's 51 games. So yep. he's another one that falls into that. You know, Sam Walker, um, Braden Trindle, Lockie Elias. Like they're our next crop of halves are going to push through. Yep. And, you know, this year I think we'll see, see him mature into that, you know, first grader. It takes mm. time to become a first grader. It takes time to feel comfortable in first grade. It takes time to... You know, know how to handle the speed, the pace, you know, the, the demands of, of a first grade game. So, um, the other one, Lock Julius is, yeah, he's about to move past that magic number, which, which is essentially just three seasons. Like, if you get three consistent years in first grade, I think that's when you start to see the player that, um, you know, or where your ceiling is going to be. And I guess for them, that's pretty much. The point I'm making, the end of this year, depending on how they go and how he plays, will probably decide where they head with that position for the future. Well, and that was my argument when they let Reynolds go. Like, because I, you know, if you were trying to win a comp, my argument was that I would I would keep the guy who is is the player, you know, is the finished product. Um, if they were trying to win a comp uh, at that point in time, to go and get a kid uh, and you know have him throw him in and have the expectation that he was going to be able to to get them there. And he look, he almost he almost has. Like he had him firing last year. You know, what did they they lost in a close prelim the year before. Um and then, you know, Reynolds Reynolds has had his crack over the last couple of years as well and hasn't been able to um, you know, nail it. So but I you know, I think irrespective of what side of that argument you land on, they're both quality players and those halves that can get you to a prelim and get you into a grand final of few and far between. And South are blessed to, I guess, have the have to make a decision, I guess. Yeah, they decided to have a few more pieces around it rather than, you know, have yeah, Reynolds and, and lose and that, a couple. And, and that's the thing, right? With having such a stacked roster, you you gotta weigh up all those fact contributing factors when making decisions on on players and, you know, what's best for the club and and they've had a small win again. They've had Mamazoulos sign on again despite Cook extending, which after two yep. stints, like him and Elias, the guys they're looking at for the future, probably yep. speaks to his opinion of the club, um, where things are heading and hanging around a bit longer. It's a bit like Harry Grant waited at Melbourne. I'm not saying he's Harry Grant, but for a lot of players, it is hard to sit there. He's a good player. 
yeah. for three, four years and wait and bide your time, but he's extended again. So for them, um, they've got majority of those key positions locked up. I guess the, the big one for me, when I heard that Campbell Graham was going to basically be out until about around 2021, that was massive because I think between him being there, very underrated, not only defensively and what he does in attack, but especially yardage. They're not a great yardage team from the backfield. The trail yeah. doesn't do a lot of dirty work. Johnston doesn't have a great carry. Like Tash tries to help out. I think Jack's really going to help in that regard. And that other spot has been, you know, sort of a revolving door at the moment. And Munro, when he's healthy, certainly not that type of player. So I think if they struggle defensively in the centers why those two are out at the start of the first three weeks and they lack in yardage, it's going to put a lot of pressure on their forward pack. And the starting pack, I think, is good, but I still think they've got a few guys there, like a Mawale, a couple of years in for him now, whether it's Talis Duncan, Kepi coming over. There's a few guys that need to prove a point and be reliable in that middle rotation, which has been an area year on year for South, so I've always been worried about. Yeah. So uh, with all that said, and, you know, had some young guys there that showed some flashes. Young Gray really impressed me for a guy of his size in the trial. Jeez, he's quick, but my God, it's not much of him. Um, between him, Tahoe, and a few guys they've got on their radar, they've got some players coming through. But I think this year it's going to be hard. And that that injury, that suspension, and the origin period, which I definitely think is going to take three or four, is probably going to rob them of a few wins again. I've got them landing in seventh. So I've got them getting back in, but it really wouldn't surprise me if if they did miss. And if they do miss, again, it's I know there was talk the other day about Bennett being linked to the Eels and the Brad Arthur thing and thought that was all craziness. It really wouldn't surprise me if something did happen here, if South went back to Wayne Bennett for a year or two. But that's drawing an absolute long bow from what's happened last year. What's going on now, but I, I really do think, given the burnout, what happened at the back end of last year and everything, it, it is a huge year for South Sydney. Yep. Uh, moving on. What have I got here next? The Bulldogs. One that everyone loves talking about. Obviously, Gus out and about, and there's been a hell of a lot of change there the last few years, and there's never a dull moment. But uh, last year started off with a little bit of promise. It turned out to be the complete opposite by the back end of the year. They were the worst defensive team in the competition, second worst attacking team. They gave up uh, a fair bit in the points department. There was a lot across the season, chopping and changing, spying, outside back positions, the Flanagan sort of situation, um, they've turned over their whole roster from three years ago now. All that's changed. The staff's changed heavily. They've had 10-plus new players again. And then the drama at the back end with Vitella Mariner, a bit of board fighting, and then the talk about the player who hasn't been named and that whole situation. The Dogs, obviously, again, with this heavy turnover, just trying to move things completely into a new direction and a new uh, era in terms of where they're going and the second year of Serraldo, but some big ins. Bronson Cherry is a very interesting one. Four years off the suspension. You forget how early it was. He's only 23. No bigger signing than Stephen Crichton. Um, and then they've got a lot of guys that sort of have utility value or play multiple positions that bring good depth. Your Hutchison's, your Tracy's, Man, Turpin, Curran. Um, so I'd probably say if, when I look at them as a whole, I think they've got a lot better, probably 17 to 30. But the biggest glaring area I had last year, and I've still got it now, is middles. I think the middles got worse. And I know Thompson and Pungai weren't living up to their paychecks, but, yeah, it's it's a, it's a big concern when you look at a forward pack. And you're looking at probably Sutton, 
who left Canberra and went there last year, and they dropped him a couple of times. King, who I think is a good rotational player, but again, if that's sort of your lead middle, Sam Hughes, who's been toiling away for a couple of years, had some injuries, a young bloke. Palazzo, who they've only been to three or four clubs now. Curran, I think, is going to have to play as a middle. But when you look at it everywhere else, like you could have Tracy at the back, you could have Taff at the back, you'd have Critter at the back, they've got Caraz, they've got Fox, Sherry. Like They've got enough talent to put in the backline positions. Um, they've got a great back row and kick out Preston. I think they've got a lot of the flash positions, but I think, again, like if you don't have middles, you're really going to struggle in the NRL to win games. Yeah. Yeah, I think <clears throat> they've turned over their roster, so... Mm. And there's yeah. some shoots, don't get me wrong. Then they've got a lot of good young juniors coming through. So, you know, the wheel's turning. It'll It's going to take time. Um, I guess we're just going to see how much progress they've made. Mm. And, and, you know, yeah, whether you've got – whether they've got the right ones. And you see flashes of it. In but... relation to the guys, you know, that you're grabbing from other clubs who are sort of on the fringe of top 30s or playing New South Wales Cup. And Gus has got a record of being pretty successful in that space. So, yeah, it's going to be good to watch them and see how they go this year. I'm more look at them and just hope they can stay stable in their key positions because there's a lot of combinations here that could happen. They need yeah. to make a decision, in my opinion, on a half early. And if they're going to stick with Burton at six or if they move him to centre and vice versa, like with a Crichton, is he a fullback or is he a centre? Is Taffy fullback or is Tracy fullback? They can't do what they've done before and chop and change every two or three games and have no continuity. Um, if that's the case, it's going to be a long year. And I think it's already going to be pretty hard with the middles. They're going to need a lot of help and yardage from your Carazes. If he's healthy, he's been under a bit of a cloud. Crichton, if he's in the centre, Sherry, Fox like to really help out from the back end. Um, I did like what I saw on the trials from Salmon playing as a 13. It brought an extra element to help out the halves, a bit like a yo. Not, obviously not directly like Yo, but a guy who's come through, Australian schoolboy six, able to play in that position. Point of difference, a lot of people have been talking about Curran playing there. I, I think with the lack of what they have in the middle, I think Curran can just do a good job there and help out, and they really need that because they're lacking there. But, yeah, I think with Kikau and Preston, again, you've got really good edges, but you need to put a dent in the middle first to be able to use them. Um, they look like they were trying to play a lot of shift football, um, but yeah, I, I still find that hard if you're not putting a dent in. I think it's a decision year for them with Matt Burton. They paid him big money to be a half, but if it's another lackluster season for him, I think they need to make a decision uh, about moving him to the centres. And if that's the case, I think you'd look at it and think, well, we've probably got way too much money invested in him and Crichton as a pair of centres if you've got almost $900,000 in both of those players. But there's some good green shoots. I really like Josh Papali. Um, I think in the future, he's certainly a shot at playing fullback, and I think he'll debut this year. Um, Joey O'Neill looked pretty solid. They've still got Sexton there. Will they give him a chance? Bailey Haywood converting to a nine. I think he had some good touches, and then you look at what's going on at the moment. Um, they're obviously undefeated, I think, in Mats and Ball. They won Mats last year with a lot of your youngs, those guys yeah, again. Raiders, Raiders beat him in Ball on the weekend. Oh, there you go. Um, but particularly, yeah, Mats. the week before, so... Mm. Yeah, no, they're going very good in uh, Harold Matt. Mm. It's that cycle that we talked about a few years ago. They weren't in the eight. They were a team that always used to be that, but they've really got the pathway tuning again. So it might take a couple of years, and you'll see a lot of these guys like a Turpin or a Pulasa or a Man sign on a couple of year deals until they can funnel these guys through. 
but middle particularly. Um, I know they've got a couple coming through the pipeline, but the one thing missing here recruitment-wise that needs to be sorted this season has to be some middles. I think they've got most other positions covered and they've got some good players coming through depth-wise, but middle, yeah, like a Liam Knight, been to a couple of clubs now, Patolo, um, Kitiana Katonga's played back row, but I think they might convert him to a middle. He's at least got leg speed and a bit of power, but yeah, I think they're going to have to really try and work that position out and settle on a spine early. If they're going to chop and change Tracy, Taff, Critter, Sexton, Hutchison, Burton, like I think it's going to be a long year. Also, I think for Marnie's sake, he needs a bit of reprieve. I don't think he can play 80 every week. He just cops too much traffic. So whether that is in the form of, say, a man, um, or do they go for an Odo or a Hayward again who showed some craft, I don't know. But I think there's some good foundation there. There's some good pieces, but I still think they're a year away from really doing much in particular if they don't change that middle. So seems probably a bit rough, but I've got them in 14th. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Just, yeah, I really find it hard to see that forward pack challenging the top end. Um, yeah, Crichton, I think, is going to be great. And Tracy and a lot of these guys, I really like them as players, but, yeah. Just sort of feels like they got better as a squad, but in terms of the one to thirteen, uh, particularly middle and settling on that spine, I'm not convinced. But lots of positives. You're a dogs fan, as is angry and hard as it is. If they keep churning through flag ball mats and do the right thing, they should have a couple of really good crops coming through the next few years. Uh, on to Manly, one of the teams heading to Vegas last year. Good start. Uh, things sort of faded at the back end. They had some injuries. Depth was tested. Tom, of the last four years, it's another year where didn't really make it to the halfway mark. He's pretty much only had that one full season since then. Everyone knows the win rate when he's there. It's absolutely incredible. Um, when he's not, it's a different story. I think with Brooks there this year, different expectations. Seabold's second year and, and turning over a couple of players in the roster. They brought in Talao, Waddell, um, got a few other guys in, um, you know, he got Lodge in at the back end of last year. Humphreys and a couple other guys have been sort of upgraded. They're, they're pretty happy with some of the moves they've made. Uh, and, and to think you could have a spine of Brooks, Cherry Evans, Turbo and Croker, who I think is underrated. I think Brooks will absolutely thrive playing next to Cherry Evans in particular if Tom's healthy, just to free him up and do what he does best, in my opinion, which is play short sides and run the football. But that's the big question. I basically have him in the same spot every single year for the exact same reason. Can Tom stay on the field? Because he makes such a big difference to what they do with their attack. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Mm. Then they, don't get me wrong. Like Garrick and Cooler, you got good centers. Saab can finish. Uh, you know, Paul probably gets first crack at that other wing. Their forward pack, um, you know, Ola Kawatu, I think, out and out, absolute gun. I like Jake playing as a prop, not a 13. Um, Schuster in the back row, I don't know if it's going to work. It's another one of those ones where health and fitness, what are you going to get? I don't know. Uh, they, they seem to be pretty keen on Ben Trippoy for his development this year. they got Brown and Woods and a couple of veterans like Lodge there. They're hoping they might be able to squeeze something out of. But that, that's probably my only question there. 
if Schuster's not ready to go for the contract they had on him in the back row, it's a little bit of a hole there. Toff's already suspended. Um, LOAA sort of falls in that category a little bit for me as well at times. Are they going to be reliable and have those middles on the field? Uh, and then maybe just depth. I think if you can get a bit of value out of Nathan Brown or Woods or a couple of these guys lodge when he's healthy, when you need him in their middle, could be some really shrewd buys. Um, but yeah, if they're healthy one to seven, that's a hell of a backline and a really, really good spine. So I, I probably don't buy in as much as what I've heard from all the media stuff. A lot of people have them as a threat for the comp or a shoe in for the top four. I, I sort of look at them and think if Tom's there and they're healthy, they should be in the eight, but I, I've just been gun shy every single year and I, I pretty much land him in the same spot every year for that reason. Yeah, extremely talented roster. Mm. So interesting to watch. And, yeah, and I guess it's, you know, it's that, like you've just said, if their spine stays fit, they're going to be extremely hard to, to handle. Mm. Uh, interesting to see Humphreys. Saw him play a bit last year when you were there in Cup as a half. Thought he was really good. They've turned him into a nine. I think if they need him at any point to play in the halves, he's certainly someone... Uh, you could rely on in that role or to play off the bench there to cover those two spots. And um, I think a lot of teams out there, a lot of people are always looking for halves or backup halves or opportunity there. I think he's off again at the end of this year. I think he's someone they definitely should be looking at keeping or clubs will certainly be interested in. Clayton Fulalalo, we might see him at some point in the backs. Good opportunity for him yeah. this year. Arthur's obviously a solid backup. Gordon might play some more well, time. I was say, like Clayton... Clayton was playing Ron Massey Cup at Wenny. Yeah. And, you know, we we signed him at Blacktown and, you know, now he's, yeah, he's going to be pushing to play first grade this year. So that's yeah, extremely pleasing for him, you know, going from park footy through, you know, the system we had there at Blacktown last year into now. Um, you know, I, I think he'll he'll play first grade this year, or at least I'm, I'm really hoping he does. Yeah, we'll look at their depth, like with Ray and all that. I know they've used him a few times, but I certainly think between Talao, him, um, and the guys that are there, that Clayton certainly should get a look in. He played pretty well in the trials too. Held himself uh, pretty good in the centres, even though he's been training mostly at wing and he come through playing those lower grades as a fullback. But um, yeah, this was a real hard one for me because when I look at it, like I said, if they can keep all these guys in the field, I think it's a stacked team. And again, another one that's sort of in that six to four sort of range. I don't know if I see him as a, as a complete threat. I'd need to see a bit more development, but I really just don't trust Trebojevic's health after the last four years. And then Origin, Cherry will go. No doubt Jake will probably get picked again. Tom himself, when he misses that period, um, if he's healthy. I, I've got question marks still on Schuster and just the reliability of a few of these other middles whether it be through suspension or injury. So um, if they're all healthy and stay on the park, this team should play finals. But I've landed them almost where I land them every year, ninth place. Um, I really do hope, though, that Turbo does stay fit. If he does stay fit and Brooks and, and DC, and it, them all come together with this forward pack, especially Yola Kawatu's and Schuster hits his heel, and this team could be anything. They could be a real dark horse for this competition. But I'm just... Really gun shy, especially on the turbo side of things with the track record as it stands right now. Uh, the Penny Panthers, the three-time premiers, they just keep on defining what winning looks like. I was blown away uh, with what they did last year, but the grand final of all things, the comeback was just 
man, to be sitting there, I just thought this is dead in the water for that to happen and then to win the way they did was incredible. But it's a new hurdle. It's a new challenge. It's another year using losing talented players um, for what's gone out the door again, in particular Crichton, Lenyu, and then you've got the depth pieces they've always had, Sam and Yukogis, Jenkins, those guys they used during those periods, Hosking, an underrated one, out the door. They returned 12 of the starters from the grand final, besides Crichton, 14 of the 17, but depth is really where we look. We know it's probably the best starting front row, Martin, Yo, with all those guys on the field with Cleary, et cetera, Toto, Taruva, Tago, Dylan, you know what you're getting there. You're getting strangle, good yardage, discipline, great defensively, will just bludgeon you to death and wait for you to fall over. But can they rely on the players if they get injuries and can they rely on their bench? Can they let Lindsay Smith, Liam Henry, who I think is going to get a crack, these sort of guys, whether it's a Mav who gets a crack at some point, a Lazardi, um, you know, they had Izo the other day who I don't think will play much or a Peach to cover. Do they have enough there to sort of cover 25, 30 minutes off the bench, which they're going to need? Because the last few years with that, they've been able to sort of pick and choose games where Louder and Fish maybe don't play as many minutes. And then when the finals come, they just let them play to burn that things to the ground. Um, I think they've done well outside backwise, picking up Alamotti. Ripper, McLean in their own system, Laurie coming back on the cheap, Yongi, so I think they've got cover there. I think Schneider's another one of these halves. They've already got Cole internally, who's going to be able to win games for them if they need you know, him to play four to six times, but it's it's probably the four depth now where they're really going to re- lean into their system and see if Mav, Lazardi, any of these sort of guys, Henry, Lindsay, are going to be able to do that job for him. Yeah, well, it's just no keep relying on the youth. Mm. And there's plenty of it. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. Development club and, you know, that's how they're set up. They've been punished severely by the salary cap. But, you know, that's unfortunately the mechanism that's there to try and keep everything even. Yeah. Uh, to win three on the bounce is ridiculous. Incredible. So, um, look, I... Every year, you sort of say, "Oh, they're going to slide. They've lost so and so, and you know they they keep on keeping on." And yeah, it's a it's a they deserve to have the belt until someone takes it off them. So you know the the challenge is out there for you know the rest of us, I guess that are that are chasing them to to get after it and, and find a way to do it. Mm. And they've got more coming, like you said again. I just think it's more the fact that it's been year on year on year. They've sort of had a good depth of reserve or they've been able to find a good value, whether it be a Kate Willer or a Sorens and this, that, and the other. I think this year they've sort of found it again in the half and the outside back. But the forwards, it's really a question of what they've got internally. Like a couple of those guys have been there for two or three years now. So they need to step forward. Hmm. If a couple of them can plug that gap for them to still have 12 of those guys returning, we know what their bread and butter is. They may not have as much strike in a particular on Crichton's a big loss and kick out RP and the weapons they've had, but this team can just bludgeon you to death. Work you over in yardage, bash you with their front rowers, kick you into corners, and they'll, they'll win 80, 90, almost all their home games and, you know, win on the road doing that if they're healthy. But yeah, yeah more the back end, particularly the forward rotation there, it's a big question this year. I also think that Sony has to play some nine. I like what Kenny does, but I just think, especially when that change up comes and maybe those guys go off the field, they need something else coming out of dummy half more than say, Peach filling in for a little bit or trying to push Kenny up for that time. Um, I think he needs to be part of that rotation on the bench. And 
think Lindsay and, and Liam Henry will get the first crack with maybe a Garner to cover that edge sort of center spot. But yeah, there's there's really a, a spot open there now, particularly like you said, for your Mavs or your Lazardis who have been in that system for two or three years if they want to step forward. But it's Penrith. We know what we're going to get. Um, I'm very happy to say again that I'd have them top four. I think again with depth, heavy origin representation, uh, there'll obviously be some challenges there. But I've got them at fourth. And uh, I'd have no qualm in saying it. Everyone's already bring up the three, Pete. It was hard enough to do. If, if this team was to stay healthy, especially, like I said, 12 of that 13 and plug things up, they can beat anyone at the big dance on their day. But that's probably the other part we bring year on year on year. Can you keep finding that motivation? Is Luai up for it? Knowing he's on the way out of fish and... Leota still as hungry and angry as what they were, and a Martin and a Yo, and as all the kilometres of the last four years playing deep into finals, playing Origin football, playing international football, is going to catch up with them at some stage? That's all the questions you have around Penrith this year. But uh, quality system, quality team, best halfback in the world, best player in the game, best front rowers. Uh, no doubt again, I think they'll be a top four side and challenge them for the Premiership. The Raiders. You don't have to do this one if you don't want to, but you want to hear my opinion? Go for it, buddy. I think last year they did incredibly well to be 13-11. I think it was the first team ever to have a negative of minus 100, but still that went in that many games and win the finals. And the biggest thing I think probably speaks to is winning those close games. They won, I think, of that 13-11 by 10, less than 10. Um, and I think eight of those were six or less and a couple by field goal. So I was certainly the kings of the close game. It was a bit of a slow start, um, but the run home, they toughed things out and almost got the job done against the Knights. I think the big question mark is obviously very, very obvious. It's in the spine, but if there's one thing that stands out to me, and it does most years, but particularly this year, the forward pack and the depth that Canberra have is absolutely ridiculous. In my head when I wrote this down, like if you say you started with Tarpany and Gula and had Levi with Whitehead and Hudson and say Smithies and then on the bench you had Red and Papa as your middle rotation with Hosking to cover, say middle, edge, centre and Starling, that still does not have Sami Solo, Trey Mooney, Arta Mariotto I think is a fantastic player, Hola's good, Sasungi I really liked as a junior, he's obviously looking like he's transitioning now to the back row and just even a guy like Hola, I know he's barely had many games, but certainly could play if he needs to. Noah Martin looks good. Like I, I just think the forward pack in particular, and anyone and all the talk I've heard, like some people saying that the Raiders are in line for the spoon, you need to honestly run into a brick wall if you think the Raiders are going to get the spoon. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, this they're, forward they're pack. Entitled their, they're entitled to their opinion. This forward pack's loaded. I also think it's one of the more underrated back lines in terms of centres. Tomoko obviously had a really good year last year. I know Chris Field in at fullback. I'm assuming he's probably a centre. Um, I think even the wing options, like to see what Schiller done in the trials and what he's done the last few years, he's a good player. Is Sherry ready to play fullback right now? I don't know, but I know he can in the future. Chris could play there if he needed to. Rapana could play there if they needed to, and maybe he transitions. they got Savage, who obviously was the talk the other year. He could play a couple of those spots. Hopper was awfully solid. Uh, I really like Levi. I think he's pretty underrated. I think a rotation of him and Starling would be good. Fogarty's definitely the seven. The, the two openings, obviously, everyone's wondering about one and six. 
Um, I think strange after the weekend for me, probably got his nose in front of weeks. And across the season, obviously, your spine is very, very important. But playing at Canberra is hard. Playing against this forward pack is incredibly hard. I think there's going to be good yardage, second phase type play, and another one that could certainly be in the mix for the eight. But uh, I've got the Raiders at 10th. But again, it would not surprise me if the Raiders get in the eight. That forward pack, that depth, I think Tarpany, again, like I said to you before, there's only a handful of front rowers in the competition to me that are worth even considering a million-dollar price tag and $900,000 price tag who are difference makers, who are game changers, guys that can play 60-plus minutes, have footwork, a dynamic, can offload the football. Fenua Blake, Tino, Haas, like Tarpany, there's only a handful of them, and Canberra's got one of them. That's the fittest I've ever seen Papa as well in the last few years. Um, Hudson, Gula's looking good. Red's going to be pissed off after his suspension. Like I said, in particular, the forward pack and the forward depth, that alone, to me, is going to beat a lot of teams. If you can work off the back of that forward pack, you're going to win some football games. Where are you going to finish again? Tenth. But, I'll, replay, I'll replay that to the players tomorrow. Yeah, I thought you would. Bit of bulletin board material. I was sitting there in my head going, here's my brother. I should probably just put him eighth. I don't know. You do. But it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, for, like I said, I'm in love with the forward pack and the depth. Really like Chris Tomoko. Strange. The what really impressed me more about Strange than anything, and you're there getting a first hand look at it all. His defense on the weekend, they tried to pummel him with Lukey. They tried to inside out him, one-on-one him, just square him up. He wasn't just tackling him. He was chopping him down. He was getting there early. He was more than effective which for a lot of young halves, it's usually the attacking side that is always the positive and the defense is what you've got to worry about. But he is not afraid to do the physical stuff. No, he's not. But, uh, yeah, I guess most people's questions the spine, which for some reason is why a lot of people are saying wooden spoon, which is why I'm saying they're morons. They'll all be answered in good time. You're another one in that log jam for me, but, yeah, Raiders at seven or eight would not surprise me. Not at all. And with the development the next few years, Chevy, really good talent. Strange, uh, you know, Fogarty's obviously very, very solid. If if those few guys roll through in those key positions with what's going to still be there with these young forwards that are going to miss, like your Moonies, your Arters, and this back line, I think Canberra are a real prospect the next couple of years to open up a bit of a window again if they can get that spine right. think you've moved to a good place, my friend. That's my opinion. Yeah, well, all in good time. Yeah, to share anything or you're going to play the fifth on that one, just let me jibber. That's fine. Yeah. The That's all right. Well, now that we've talked about where we'll you are. Footy, we'll let our footy do the talking. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to come back down. It's been a wall. The Storm. I want your opinion before I speak. What do you think about the Melbourne Storm? If they don't have the best spine in the comp, then I'm I'm not sure who does. That's my opinion too. And I think the scarier part is, off the top of my head, I know Probably he's only... More, this time of the year, everyone will shoot holes in them. And this time of the year, they, they'll sit back and take zero notice of it. And they're always there when the whips get cracking. And until they're not, I'll just assume that they're... Yeah, they're going to be there again this year. I think they've improved their their roster 
Um, their younger kids are got more more first grade and other preseason. It's Bellamy's last year. They're not going to lack motivation. So they're going to be extremely hard to beat. And they're just a club with a proven track record. So eight of the last nine prelims. Yeah, like that's and pretty... I said it to you. We had people messaging a couple of fans that I really love that listen to the show that messaged me and pretty much had to just give that reality again. If, listen to us talking like things were really, really bad. We're 80 minutes away from another grand final. Mm. And they've also, another thing I didn't even realise, they haven't gone more than three years without playing in the grand final. So if that's the count, they're due. Yeah. And I'm with you. If it is Belly's last year, I know it's been said multiple times, but I really think this time it is. Uh, Pappenhausen's like a new player. If he's not available, I think the, the small glimpses we've had of Sue, oh, my God, he looks like a hell of a player as well. It's a pretty handy backup. I think Meany will be a great transition to the centres, the other spot. If Remus can find his best again, he was more than solid the other year, but I I sort of floated the idea to you that if, if, if it got Sewer in like they did in Q Cup, to have him and Pat playing wing fullback and rotating, I'd consider pushing Coates in. I know centre and first grade compared to junior football is different. Um, whether he could do that job or not, or whether they consider it, I don't know. But as it stands right now, if Pappenhausen's healthy, Munster, Hughes and Harry had an up-and-down year, they play their best football. My opinion's the same as yours. In all four spots, there's not a better spine in the competition. Um, getting Bloor across, hell of a young talent, had some bad injury luck. If he turns into what he can be on the other edge, between him and Katala, they've got two weapons. That really opens things up. I think Liero naturally goes to the middle where he should be, gives that extra man in the rotation. Tui needs to stay healthy. Welch, um, he looked like he was burning on the weekend. I know it's only a trial, but he's gone from captain and leadership group to, you know, pretty much going back to, I'm not saying earning his stripes or earning his keep, but it was a bit of a rough year for him. But he pretty much came out the other day and said, you know, he, he took it all on board. He looked really motivated, which is good. Nelson is the real point of difference in the pack, and I love the fact he's named Harry the captain. That puts a bit of onus and responsibility on a couple of these younger guys who have been a bit up and down, even though they've still been hitting top four heights the last few years. But all that being said, um, yeah, I think if this is Bellamy's last year, man, if these guys aren't up for it for him, um, I'm not here. And there's a lot of guys with a point to prove. Munster had pretty much said it himself, average year. Hughes wasn't happy. Harry wasn't happy. Pappenhausen's heard people shopping him around and going to move him out of the club. The guy that was a premiership winner and a Clive Churchill medalist. There's a lot of guys with motive in Melbourne. Christian Welsh has got a point to prove. There's a lot of guys with a point to prove. And like you said, everyone writes the death notice every single year. Oh, well, not, not everyone, but it's, it's a, there's a, a lot yeah. of people. It, the conversation isn't so much people writing there. The end. It's sort of the question always comes up. Well, is this is this the is this the year it's all going to fall apart? Yeah, and it just it hasn't. I've also similar to you got a bit just of an a eye. Very good, um, very good example of culturally how to build a club and how to build a team. I think Bellamy's got a fantastic understanding of you know, how to how to build a team mm. and and roster construction. Um, and it's no fluke that, you know, he's always got good halves and good spine players. Yeah, they got good coverage. Some very, very good people working in the background there. And yeah. 
Mm. Panisi and Barn and everyone at the club does a really good job. Fantastic job. But I think like the middle thing and the edge there sort of might sort itself. I've got three names I'm really looking at. It's been a couple of pre-seasons now. They're all young guys. Howarth is obviously the big one everyone's talked about. He's had a rough run the last couple of years. If he's healthy, really excited to see what he can bring if, if he gets involved in the 17. I How think many first grade games has Howarth played? Only Handful? one. Well, one no Broncos last round debut. He's been injured. But everyone's talking about, you know, where is he? Where is he? He's literally just turned 21. And this, is the, this is the thing with these kids signing so young. Just, yeah, got to be patient with them and bring them along at the right pace and mm. you get rewarded in the long run. I really... Quickly, whether they're what you thought they were. And... Mm. Well, the other thing is centre or back row, it's been spoken what position. I, I, I don't know, again, because I've never seen enough, but I do know one thing from the, what I have seen. He's very talented. Mm. And I think there's three of that younger group that have been there for a few years now that interest me. He's certainly one. I think uh, Alex Chan, young like Joe Chan, watching him on the weekend, he looked like he's learned a hell of a lot in 12 months. He's still only 20 or 21. And Alec McDonald, who they picked up during COVID from Flag up in Queensland, this is three pre-seasons now. He's a bit of a toiler. But uh, there's a couple of younger guys in that forward sort of setup, I think, if they're going to be needed. Um, might be able to answer the call. But Pezzard is the backup. Sura is your one backup. Um Wishart sort of covers halves, fullback nine. I think they've got pretty good coverage for most spots. Yeah, they do, mate. Um, the outside backs, you know, people don't fall in love with Young and Seve and all those guys. But when they're called upon to play a couple of games, they do their part. They do. They do so, their job. But, yeah, I think those few key forwards and that spine, if that's healthy and that's on the field for the whole year, anyone thinking that Melbourne's not a threat, I think uh, he's kidding himself. Melbourne's always a threat. Melbourne's always someone you should be worried about. And if Papenhausen gets a full season out with his spine, um, I think they're a real good chance if this is Bellamy's last ride to uh, be right up there for the premiership. So for me, I've got them landing at third. A lot more bullish this year than I was last year. But uh, Tigers... Big one, uh, as usual, probably no surprise. Drama around players, the coaches, the club, the five-year plan turned into a 12-month plan. Sheens is gone. Benji's in. Uh, he's got Robbie, Heinington. They've got Morris over. Sheens is out. The board's out. Pasco, Hadjipentelis, Fulton. Like, just absolutely nuts. Richardson temporarily in. Might be the long-term appointment, I don't know. Um, and a restructure of the board. They've made some decisions since then. They've landed Luai for the year after. A couple of other guys. Um, they've got a lot of kids coming in this year in the halves. It is a a lot of change from the back end of the year and the off-season to the point now. And again, Nofaluma out the door. Clemmer was shocked. It's, it's, it's never dull at the West Tigers. But the biggest thing I took away when I looked at all this um, – is all the kids that we know about, but my probably biggest issue with their roster this year is too many of those guys are in the top 30 already, and I, I know why. This is what happens when you've been a team that's underachieving and you've got young kids and managers can shop them to other clubs and pretty much put the gun to your head to say, well, if you don't sign him, I'll take him elsewhere. So, it's extremely, extremely hard to get out of the position they're in. I love a lot of these kids, don't get me wrong, but this is, yeah, there's too many from a, in the top from 30. From a coaching perspective, because these guys are all going to need time. Exactly. 
you know, become a first grader overnight. So they're going to need time to learn, mature, yeah, for their bodies to develop. And, yeah, it's such a, a hard position, you know, and you're looking at, you, you look at the teams that, you know, particularly the Tigers and the Dogs who have been, you know, footed there for a little while now. And yeah, you just hope for their fans that you can see some improvement there because there's no doubt that the clubs, those two clubs are working their backside off to recruit and retain, recruit who they think they need to bring in. They're trying, there's no doubt they're trying to retain the guys that they want to keep. Mm. But it come, becomes extremely hard when you're not seeing fruits bared on the field. Um, it yeah, it just becomes really, 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 really difficult. So, geez, I hope we can see some in, improvement from the Tigers and uh, yeah, some of these some of these good young kids get their opportunity and and you know play well in first grade because. You know, I think they've done a they've done a good job, the Tigers, um, with their junior pathways over the last few years, and you know they've had some success there. And yeah, we've had a little bit to do with some of the some of the guys coming through. Um, I just hope no one gets burned. And I saw this last year, like De Silva going straight from ball, flag, cup to NRL. It's not that he's not talented enough, but I just think just need played, you know he played SG ball I think two weeks ago. Yeah, just for too many of them in there at once and playing all together at once. Like you just sort of want to see them drip feed through, but this is what managers can do to clubs when they're in this situation. Like it's easy to hang it out there and basically say, well, top 30 here or we're out or development or we're out. So I think a lot of guys have got there probably quicker than what they should, but it speaks to the situation they're in. So Buller at one, they certainly found a player there. Arpy at nine, you tick that box. That's two good pieces. The swap, uh, with Bloor and Olam, again, I'm always going to sound biased on the Melbourne side of things, but his injuries, the way he's played his football and the way his body looked last year, uh, I'll take the risk on Bloor to swap for Olam. But I just sort of look across the park, like Tupo, I think, one of their better outside backs, he's already going to Dolphins. Clemmer probably going to yeah, start for that's, him. That's another one. It's just hard. Yeah, it's out the door, you know. Like Clemmer, they yeah. try to shop and, you know, yeah, they've got him for a couple more years. Like there's a lot of pressure on... Stefano to step up. Papa Lee was so-so last year. Bateman's been injured this preseason again and hasn't trained a whole lot. Like I'm a little bit worried already. Um, and then the halves, like Caesar's been in England. Like he's a good stopgap, but in this team, it's a huge ask. Sullivan, big ask. Like Latu, big ask for any of these guys to come in and, and run this team. And even like a Lachlan Galvin, who they put in the 14 last week, a kid who's literally... A schoolboy, along with all these other guys that I mentioned, Sakuru, Felidi, De Silva, Miller, Kit, Sakur, Tumuth, Fagutu. Like, there's a million of them in development or top 30 already. Like, I just think there's too many there. And if they have to call on too many too soon, um, yeah, I, I think it, it might be another tough year for the Tigers, unfortunately. Yeah, I think Phil Gould's spoken about this, you know, in his time at Penrith. Just that balance between blooding them yep. and also burning them. Mm. And, and that's yeah. my worry. Like there's a lot in there. I just hope they don't have to use too many if they get a couple of injuries. Mm. Um, like flag yeah, and, and cup. Sure. doing the same thing at the moment at Canterbury. Mm. And it's, 
you know, I certainly don't envy that position because it'd be extremely hard to to be weighing that up every week. You know, you're trying to develop players while also get results. Yeah, and that's the hard part. But you need, yeah, you know, I know they've had a lot of turmoil in leadership positions. So hopefully, you know, um, with Shane Richardson now, there are there's some stability in leadership, um, and you know the coaches can feel comfortable just getting on with their job, coaching. It's, uh, yeah, the weekend again. I like I don't want to go off trials, but for the few of the teams that are at the bottom end that play a stronger team uh, defensively, it really wasn't a good sign, and that's the big worry um, across the season. So. Yeah, they've got a few, like I said, really good young guys. They've got the Fainu's over. You've still got Bolle. It's another year for him. Kapara in the back row, I actually don't mind. I, I do like Asua Kapara. I think he should probably should have been given more opportunities. But, yeah, overall, um, this team does worry me. And I hope they don't have to use too many of those kids because there's so many more. that, Like on the weekend, Heath Mason got to run. He's a good player. Kid's brother, Luke Lalia, they've got Navarin Willett, but one of the other Kepis, there's there's so many in the path that they're going to try and get through. And even the the union guy that they brought from the Chiefs, uh, Alamola, I've never heard of him or seen him, but apparently big body, can finish. So individually, there's some talent there, no doubt about it. But, uh, yeah, I think there's maybe too many young guys this year and just a few of those veterans, it does worry me a little bit. Um yeah, just a bit swirling around a couple of guys. But if Bateman's not healthy, if Papaliti's okay again, if Clemmer's, you know, heard the sort of the talk around him, like I, I think things could go off the rails very quickly. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the Tigers. But on the plus, I know they've got Luai over. They're really wrapped about that. Richardson spoke about his, you know, affection for him. He tried to get him while he was at South. So for next year, if they've got Bullard, if they're happy with Luai, They've got Arpy. If they can get one of those other young halves, whether it is Galvin, whether it is Latu or Sully, that I think that one of those now is probably going to have to be on the outer in twelve months, just cap wise, um, to sort of go with the move they've made now. They could potentially have their long term spine, but just I'd really like to see a slower blooding of a few more of these guys. Like a Jordan Miller for his age is, is a monster, and he's probably going to be a really good player. But you just like to think you could give him twelve months against men first, rather than just coming straight to first grade because. You know, you've had to put so many guys into the top 30 just to be able to keep them. But there is a lot there for West Tigers fans to be hopeful about. It's just, yeah, let's hope in 12 months' time we're not talking about another whole turnover between staff and club and board. And Yeah, hopefully this sort of board, Clean and Richardson, brings a bit of stability. And, you know, now they've made this move to Benji, for better or for worse, in the next at least 24 months, we don't hear anything. Because for once, similar to what you said about the Titans, I think they need to buy into somebody and just let things play their course for a little bit rather than trying to pull the hatchet door every 12 months. Mm. But uh, I'm sorry to say, Tigers fans, I think it's going to be another wooden spoon. That's where I've landed. So excited to watch some of these kids, but do think it might be uh, a long season. The Warriors... The Waz, Webb Lasso, what a year he had last year and what a year it was. The buys that they had, Walker, uh, Johnson returning, Barnett, etc. some of the kids, it was just, it was crazy. It was like a whole cultural experience and a new wave was born post-COVID for New Zealand Rugby League and the Warriors and Rugby League in general. And 
to move into this year, I think, with an even better squad, bringing back Roger to Avastashek, I think, is just awesome. I think there's still plenty of good football left in him. The Catewell one, I, I, I do like Catewell. I just thought maybe it's not something they really needed, but it does strengthen their squad. Uh, they've got a lot of good back row options, but again, he's a guy who could also play a couple of positions, come off the bench, and to get Harris to beat it back after his sabbatical, just more depth to a key position in halves. And what went out the door, like, you know, Curran, Siren, and the few guys they had, Volker, it's in positions where they're already stacked. The only one I really looked at and thought was a talent was Vallejo, but they got Roger back. They've already got Leia Toa. They've got Berry. They've, you know, they're again loaded in that position. So, oh, man, I just, I think this is an incredibly, incredibly stacked roster. The last ride for Fanua Blake, potentially the last ride for Sean Johnson. They've relaunched their pathway, 16s, 18s. Um, they're off a high. I think they're going to have minimal origin representation. While in saying that, I think for the first time in a long time, there will be a couple of warriors on the radar. I think the nine position for New South Wales is very much wide open this year. Um, if Wade Egan has another year like he did, not to say he would, but a new coach and with, say, the form of Cook and Arpy and a couple of these guys, Robson, I, I think that position's going to be fought for. And I think another one who I've always thought was a rep player, um, he played some really good football last year and I like the move probably to full-time front row. I think Mitch Barnett's another guy that could move into the rep arena if he played good enough football. But if not, yeah, to think now they've got Sheck with Berry, Montoya, Dallin. Um, if Johnson can have the same year again, whether it's next to Metcalf, their backups, Harris DeVita and Tamara Martin, who did a hell of a job for Brisbane a few years ago. Fanua Blake, Barnett, Ford, Tohu, Kate. Well, they can't even fit guys on their bench for Christ's sake. Like Jazz, Murata, Dylan Walker. Like you're talking, you know. There's a few guys last year, like a, a Dylan Walker may not make the bench. Jazz may not make the bench. Pompey played the whole year, was great, probably doesn't make their start. So Nickel Clogstad, if he's injured, they can roll in to a peaky or they can move Roger back there or they can play tomorrow Martin there. I think they've got depth in key positions, in halves, at nine, outside backs, and some of their young forwards. I think they've got some of the best young forwards coming through. Sifakul is off an ACL. He won't be available early in the year, but Ma'u, um, Halasima, Jacob Laban uh, – I think this is potentially one of the better Warriors teams since the grand final teams. And they're usually a team I don't trust in back-to-back years. They haven't made back-to-back finals, I think, since 2010 and 11. I really think this year it's going to be a different story. I think this is a top-four team again. Yeah. I really enjoyed going over there last year. Uh, I enjoyed, you know, their rise up the table and you know, similarly to, you know, we're just talking about the Bulldogs and the Tigers, the Warriors certainly had a, a really rough trot there during, particularly during COVID. Yeah. Um, so hopefully for New Zealand Rugby League, it, it can continue. Hopefully, I think, hopefully the team can keep feeding into that, you know, up the wires and sort of the movement, I think. I think that was just great for Rugby League. Yeah. Great for the following in um, in New Zealand as well. I've never I've never seen it as strongly supported uh, as it was probably since the inception of the Warriors, and then that run that they had, sort of o two o three, where they played in a grand final and then in a prelim and had some really iconic players. So 
Um, yeah, like knowing Andrew Webster, uh, yeah, super happy for, for him to see some success last year. And, um, yeah, long may it continue as long as it's not against the Raiders. I think that's another point you make. I think he's a very stable person, very level-headed, good personality. Yeah. I, don't th- I don't think he's going to let them overstep the mark, but I also think they've got a lot of veterans in this team. This isn't just full of young New Zealand talent and vibrant and loose, which you know can be associated a lot of time with that Warriors brand of football, but Rogers an old head, Adams an old head, Barney, Capewell, Tohu, like these guys have all played a lot of first grade. There's yeah. enough veterans here to mix in with the talent and then to bring in, like I said, more pros again. Another rep player in Catewell, Roger Tuivasa, Shaq and Harris DeVito. Like they've got four good halves. They've got good hooker depth, outstanding outside back depth, good young forwards. I don't think that could be better placed. Yeah. Uh, if, if things all hit on the same cylinder and the big ones, obviously Johnson having another good year on the back of that forward pack, uh, I, I generally think they're a premiership threat. And yeah. The point of, again, being a team that is generally unaffected by origin, they do have to travel, but teams also have to travel to them. I also think home's a bit of a fortress. So adding that period together and home, my God, if this somehow doesn't work out this year, the only way I hope it happens is because some catastrophic run of injuries happens. If this just falls over for any other reason, I'll be so disappointed given what was established last year and what could be built off what happened there and what should be happening. Um. So I don't need to spend a lot of time on this. I just think it's an incredibly talented roster. I'm excited in particular. I said some of those forwards, 19, 20 years old, that are already playing, and there's more to come, along with Roger and all these guys being here. I've got the Warriors finished in second. And honestly, I wouldn't put it past them this year, somehow winning 17, 18 again and being up in the fight for the minor. I really think that's the sort of year that they should be expecting with the roster they've got now. But yeah. I'm excited about the Warriors. I really am. Uh, the Dragons, Flanagan in, hook last year, uh, out. They had a bit of a resurgence on the car, but they had the drama around Benny Hunt, which seems to have been sorted out now. They've had some turnover in the roster. They had the Rolls, who looked like he was going to take the job, but didn't take the job, and they got back to Flanagan in the end. But the one thing I take away here, and again, don't think I need to describe a lot about the Dragons, Flanagan brings fundamentals, basics, and toughness. And from what I've seen from the weekend, and again, I know you don't want to buy into trials a lot, and it's not something I just think there's some base things in the Dragons game that have been missing for a few years that are going to be there, which is a reason why they're not a top eight side for me, but I just I can't I just could not imagine a Shane Flanagan team getting a wooden spoon. And I still think there's some talent in some positions, but I think he's going to maximize a couple of guys there that may have been underachieving. I've not seen Francis Molo look as fit as what he does. Um, I think Jaden Sewer is his kind of man. He looked particularly aggressive on the weekend. Say what you want about Kyle, similar what we've said in the past about Arthur and a couple of guys in cup. He can steer a team around and take pressure off half. He frees up Ben Hunt to do what Ben Hunt does best, which is run the football and attack. Um, even Little looked a bit more crafty than what I thought, but they were everything I expected to be on the weekend. Blunt force trauma, forwards crashing, halves, it was very simple. They gave early ball to their centers who are two big bodies. He's got Bird back where he used to be, just playing in the centers. He's pushed Lomax to the wing for a big body. Ravala was good there. Sloan popped up where he wanted. Um, you know, Sele hasn't really played yet. Eisenhuth's a grinder. DeBellin's a grinder. Like 
Laurie, all these sort of guys, I think this is just going to be one of those $2 tough stake teams. It's just going to turn them into a gritty, dirty, high-completion team that are going to give early ball to their edge back rowers and their centres and play for the backfield. Yeah. He's got a got a track record of improving teams and turning them into, yeah, like you said, tough teams. So, Tom mm. will tell. Yeah, it's... I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how they play and the style that they play and the mentality, which is able to, I guess, um, impart on the team and the club, mm. because it's just you know you know what the the clubs like like they they want to be successful and um, you know they've had a little bit of a lean trot so uh, um, yeah they're. they're the club, the fan, the fan base is certainly going to want to see see them improve sharply, and you know he's he's done it at Cronulla, and you know I'm sure the plan will be to do it here at the, at the Dragons. Well, I think the upside, and we said this before, he's already been there, so he has an idea of the pathway. He's had a lot of guys up um, training from their their pathways. They've got a lot of good kids. They're big on. Um, they've got a lot elevated already. They brought some ball and flag kids up. And on top of that, already made some moves, got some good value for some short-term deals, um, brought some guys in on some one-year deals, and they've got about 10 off contracts. So like we said before, he's got freedom to try and make moves early and really roll this roster over in the next 12 months and find out what's good and what's not. Yeah. But I have no doubt as well, just a bit more development of people like the, the Couchman twins and some other guys there. I think Sewer will have one of his better years. Wouldn't surprise me if he was back in that sort of origin mix. Playing under someone like Flano, it's his kind of man. Um, but yeah, I just think they'll be a real simple team. And from what I saw on the weekend, I was not surprised at all. Better defensive movement, better attitude to the smaller details in the game. Aggressive, simple, hard running, early ball to big centers, big outside backs, good yardage carries. Um, and it just freed up Hunt to take his moments. Kyle steered things. Sloan popped up where he wanted to. They're not a finals team, but I certainly think just under... The guidance of someone like him and the principles, uh, yeah, that they're going to make teams work for their points, that's for sure. But big changes, I think, over the next 12 months. And again, after all that, it might seem random to say 16th. Um, that's more a talk to the depth and what's in their team. But yeah, I, I don't see them getting the spoon. I just, I can't see a team coached by him getting to that level. I just think they'll be too good at the basics and the fundamentals, in particular the defensive side of things. So, uh, more interested to see after they've had a swing at Fenua Blake and a lot of big names if they can land some people for next year. Um, who have I got now? we got three to go. The Cowboys, one that really let me down last year. They were poor off the back of the World Cup. A lot of guys who had their best seasons weren't great. They had some injuries and there was a lot of worry with their start, but somehow they pepped up during the origin period which is the time that you least expected them to get on a bit of a run. Drinkwater was incredible. A lot of those guys found their form again, but then they had some close losses and it all sort of fell apart on the run-in. Uh, it wasn't a great year for Luciano and Nenai, Tamalolo, Chad. Lots of talk over guys who had great years the year before. They go 12-12. and 12. Um, Yeah, lots of talk in the off-season. He's taken the captaincy off a couple of his older blokes. He's looking to the future. He stripped out the roster. There was a lot of guys that were there that aren't anymore. I think they moved on about 10 players. They've been in the grand final the last three years in a row for the 18s and 20s. 
uh, up there. So they've pushed through a lot of good kids, some of who have already seen, like Ikuli Kefus, Nanai Neem. There's another group sitting right there. Duffy um, in the outside backs. You've seen Derby. You've seen Labert. I, I expect them to sort of pop back up again this year. Again, think too much talent. Your window's limited when you've got that sort of talent. I know there was some talk the last few weeks about Chad's situation or Tamalolo and what's going on there. Um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty straightforward at this point with where he's at, that he's going to be playing front row. The game's changed a little bit. Forget about the contract. Salary cap's gone up. Um, it is what it is. I think he'll be playing front row. Talk about Hess on the weekend getting injured. That that does hurt, but, man, they've got some forwards. Like, if you have him, McLean, say, Nanai and Lukey with Cotter, Neem off the bench, Cooley Kefu, McKaylee looked plenty fired up. Tanoa Brown can do a job. Kajewski can do a job. Like they've got a few guys there. And like I said, these kids, they've pushed through off these flag wins and or Hastings Colts wins and 18 wins up there. Will Sullivan, they've got Leroy Laza's son. There's another Shibasaki. They've got a lot of young middle and back rowers in particular um, that are there in the waiting. They picked up Viliami Vallea. Really like him from the Warriors. They've moved on a couple of guys. Labert got the start the other week, but there's another one. We saw Valame. He'll be in the mix with Felt to fight for that wing and Tualungi. And I think Drinkwater is a real big chance off the form of last year of being New South Wales fullback. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, it's a roster chock full, no doubt about it. Can they deliver is the question. Mm. Well, last they, year. What they, what they were, I guess, is the question. Mm. And the bigger thing, I think, is defensively. Talent's no, no, not the issue. Put it that way. Yeah, that that year where they were dominant it was all the small stuff. They were awesome on kick chase, play one two pressure, like pinning teams. They were just relentless with all the small we, stuff. Um, we obviously ran into them on the weekend, and yeah, they they're a fast team. They're a powerful team. Mm. Um. Yeah, they're going to be difficult to difficult to handle when they get the style of game to to suit. Yeah, great spine. Um, to be honest, I, a lot of the talk around Chad. I don't think Chad's safe. I uh, I know it's probably a long bow to draw, but the whole Clifford thing that happened last time, he played some of his best football just before he was on the way out when Peyton was there. That was before Peyton took the job, though, which didn't surprise me that a guy who's still only 25, 26 heading back there now under Peyton, to his hometown with a team that's absolutely stacked. I think if Chad has a bit of a slow start again, it wouldn't surprise me if Clifford was given an opportunity to take over at the seven. Mm. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, got Robson, got and got Drinkwater, outside back depth, really good forwards, dynamic edges, really like Cooley Kefu, um, Neem, all these sort of guys they're going to be able to roll in. I think there's way too much talent here not to play finals, and anything but finals would be an absolute failure, in my opinion. So with that being the case, uh, Origin, they'll probably have heavy representation. They could have up to six. I think there's probably four that are probably certainties. Uh, I've got them finishing sixth. Um, and again, I think they should be pushing for the top four, but there's way too much talent here not to be playing finals. So last two, Newcastle and the Broncos. Let's go the Knights. They're the one that a lot of people are on. Poor start last year. They had drama around Ponga and the head knocks. Questions were over O'Brien. And then they stormed home with 10 in a row. Defensively, they only conceded 10 points a game. 
Leo Thompson, Bradman Best, Dom, Maju, Ponga's Daly, like all these guys, Phoenix Crossland, just come into a, a different level of form. Um, they're also averaging 26 or 27 points a game. All that coming to a week two final stop in New Zealand, but now I think it brings pressure for probably what we've said for a long time. There's always been talent there. They just haven't played well and never played consistently, but Best has now played Origin. You know, we've always known Gagai to be the talent. He sort of sparked up with everyone else there. They've got a thousand fullbacks, David Armstrong, Fletcher Sharp, good depth behind Ponga, um, even with Young going, Jenkins, Tuala. Will Price look very handy. I don't know what his best spot is, whether it's fullback, six, center, but he's going to be a handy addition. Um, they bring Cogger into their halves mix off the back of a grand final. They got Braley coming back from his injury, so they've got hooker depth there, and they like the young kid Jones. And then in the forward packs, Pierce Paul coming over from England um, on top of the emergence of Lucas, and they've got some really good young guys. Miles Martin's a name to look out for coming through their system. If, if anything, I think the roster's got better. The big question is, can they deliver on expectation again? And that's my worry. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that, the pressure on O'Brien was significant, wasn't it? And then they turned it all around and ended up making the finals and they, they were a hot team at the back end of the year. So Very hot. It's hard to, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a certain formula um, and a style that they, they really found comfortable and, you know, I think they would have worked long and hard over the off-season to really sharpen that. And then bring that forward into this year and see if they can get it going from first kick. So, yeah, they're a team that's, you know, they've got some powerful middles and, you know, they've got Ponga who can, you know, turn any situation into a difficult situation to defend. So, yeah, it'll it'll just be, I think, yeah, trying to find a halves combo. Uh, Braley being injured again sucks for him because he's, He's. I think he he'll really um, have a significant impact on that team when he does get on the field, and he's just yeah been cruel a little bit by injury. So and then yeah, like you said, the the rest. I watched their SG ball play uh, about a month ago against Canberra in round one, and they blew the doors off them. It was the good as good a performance as I've seen from an SG ball team in a very long time. So mm. you know they've they've certainly getting that junior uh, wheel churning again. And, yeah, it's all positive signs, I think, for for the Knights. It'll be an interesting, yeah, interesting one to, to see where they end up this year because you're right, like, they probably were disappointed with their, their start to the year and then, you know, they would have been extremely proud and happy with their back end of the year. Yeah, I think my question is not about talent. It's about replicating it again, like best extended um, they got Ponga, who finally sort of delivered on that potential and that talent. The halves did their job. They had guys in the forward pack step up, like Lucas, et cetera. But I, I'm more looking at it, and sometimes those runs, they're hard well, to replicate. They found, they found a style that works for Ponga. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see whether they've sharpened that over the off-season. I expect they, they have. Uh, Jenkins or Tawala. Uh, fighting it out for that other wing spot. Otherwise, the back line should be the same. Probably the big question I have is what they do with the halves in the nine spot because it's all well and good now to have the extra talent and have a cogger, but they're a similar one for me that has to make a decision and make it early. 
Um, yep. If they're going to go with Gamble and Hastings, and if if Jaden's not healthy, they've obviously got Phoenix. But when they're all back on the field, um, you know, you're not going to be able to carry Phoenix and Cogger as the 14 or have two of those guys on the bench. So there's going to be someone missing out. Um, you know, does he give that original pair the time, I guess, to uh, to start things off? And if they're winning, they stay in? Or is Cogger hot on the heels? Is he go with Cogger straight away? If Braley comes back, is Phoenix out of the team altogether? I suspect they'll start with Cogger at 14 like they did on the weekend. Mm. So I, I think it's always good to have question marks at those spots, but it can also cause a problem if you don't settle or, you know, someone's not really taking control and people get unhappy pretty quick. But probably my biggest challenge here or the one I'd have the biggest question on running that is the Ford pack. Um, there was a fair bit of spark led from Leo Thompson, in my opinion, the real one, and Frizz found some of his best form, but the Safidis have been up and down. Can they replicate it again? Brazil find that fight again. I think Leo certainly showed playing for New Zealand that he's going to lead from the front, and Lucas will probably get first crack with Pierce Paul being off an injury. But you know, can one of those guys lock down that other edge? Elliot had an up and down year. Hetherington was okay. I'm I'm still not completely sold on the forward pack. There's definitely a lot of talent there, and in that run in particular, they did a really good job. But can they do it for 24 yeah. rounds? And yeah. best after what he did, it was awesome to see. But he needs to replicate that again. If he's not playing origin football again and dominate like he was, um, yeah, and, and you can guarantee everyone already knew how talented Ponga was, but there'll certainly be an emphasis for a lot of teams there, I think, on making sure they do a number on him. Yep. So challenge now to them. They've got a great home field advantage. I think their squad's got better. It's it's in Newcastle's court now to take the ball and run with it. They should be a top eight side, but they're another one in this log jam for me. So I've ended up landing... I'm 12th, which again seems harsh when I have to try and squeeze all these teams in, but um, I'm not sold that, that if they start off with Gamble and Hastings, that's going to be the best halves pairing. Um, the nine situation, I think, again, just Braley stay healthy. Do they play with two nines? Or is it Cogger playing nine half? Like, I, that sort of part needs to be sorted early. But the forward pack's the real one I look at and go, can they step up week in, week out? So lots of talent. Couple of good kids would love to see it again because similar to the Warriors, when it's going, Newcastle is an awesome place to go. But uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit reserved that that run, why as good as it was, can they replicate it again? And the last one I've got here is the Broncos. They had a huge season last year. Obviously, the emergence of Walsh once you come back home, Pat and Haas and Flegger and all those guys, Ezra Mam stepped up to find their absolute best football, Herbie. Um, they led the grand final by 16 points. I think it was from memory now. Should have been a premiership under any other circumstances, but gone. They basically had nine fingers on the trophy. They were about to wrap around the last thumb and pick it up. And the Penrith masterclass led by the front rowers, Crichton and Cleary, um, coming up with some big moments, just snatched the trophy straight back out of their hands. So your real question here, which is generally what happens at this point, is with what you've lost, where you're at and the motivation to go on again. Um, the outs are big. Like Herbie's a big out, Flegler, Palacia. I think Catewell in the end, you know, compared to Piakura, I think they've got a better replacement there. Um, I really, really like Willison and Kobe Heather and a couple of these guys. And they, I think they've got enough there to sort of do do enough to cover up for Flegler and Palacia outside backs with Mariner. Um, and the guy, other guys they've got there, I think, again, they can cover for Herbie, even though I think 
he was close to the best centre of the competition. But it's, it's an incredibly talented side again. But their window really was, I think, last year and this year. They're going to have a lot of guys who are going to be chased and some decisions to make. And they've already made some extending Haas and Riki and Carrigan and all these guys to long-term deals. But, yeah, Mam got the bag. Reynolds got a, an extra year on top. Staggs has got a long-term deal. There, there's pressure here now with this window for Brisbane. And even with those names going out, again, I think internally – Pia Kura is an upgrade. I think between Willis and Hetherington and that, they're going to have enough there to be as good in their forward rotation, maybe a little bit under what they had, and they've got enough outside back cover. But the big question is, guys that have burst through the rep scene, will they have as good a year again? Consistency and hunger. And I don't think, in my mind, there's any other situation where you should be as hungry to avenge a loss than blowing that lead in the grand final. Yeah, it's they're a talented, fast, youthful team <clears throat> with yeah, really really strong middles, good spine players. Uh, very difficult to beat at home. Yeah, it's hard to see them going as well, like having everything fall into place as perfectly as it seemed to last year. But on the other side of that, it's it's also hard to see it. Them not replicating what they did last year because you know it looked at one point there like they were going to run away with the grand final. Yeah. You know, if they ran away with the grand final and won, you know, say even the scores stayed the same after, you know, whatever it was with 20 to go, you know, I think everyone would have a, a different tune about the Broncos. Mm. So I think it's probably as much about how they've dealt with the fallout of that game, what like you said that they probably should have won. You know, is there is there going to be any long lasting um, you know, impact on their confidence or are they just going to brush it off and and try and replicate what they did last year? If that's the case, they're going to be extremely hard to beat. They've just got, yeah, like Reese Walsh, he's similar to Ponger in that he can just, you know, turn a, turn a situation where the defence seems like they're in control to, you know, scoring a trial or creating a line break. So they're just so difficult to, to stop. And then, you know, you, you got their forward pack who are strong. They chop the meters. They've got offloads. They've got, you know, got a pass in them. And then you've got, you know, some good generals steering them around. Mam, who's a strong runner. Reynolds, who's got one of the best kicking games in the comp. Uh, yeah, they're chock full of talent. They're going to be extremely hard to beat. Um, they're just exciting team to watch. Yeah, and I think, like I said, in terms of pack, like Pat and Haas are relentless and Pia Kura's stint. For the back end there for Kate Willis, what sort of gave her that indication? Like, man, this guy's more than ready to take that spot. Um, it, I guess it's just between like your Willisons and your Hetheringtons that were in and out and get limited minutes. Can they cover up for Palacier and Flegler? I really like Kobe Hetherington. I think mm. he's a good player. And Willison in that Maori game, I, I thought he was a good player, but he looks he looks ready to go. He has real good leg speed and size. Um, they're, they're big on young Ben Takura. I think he might be more of an in and out type guy this year. He's a huge body, but he's very young. Um, Fletcher Baker from the Roosters, Jaden Hunt, they brought some sort of depth guys in. But, yeah, it's it's the majority of the grand final side again. The four they did lose were big. But I think the Herbie, Flegler, Palacia ones um, are the bigger ones. The, the Catewell one, I th- thought of thought that was just a natural time to transition to Piakura with where they're at. But, yeah, I guess can Jansen 
Willison and a couple of those guys patch those spots up. If not, they're pretty well covered again. Like Jock's a real good backup. Fallsy's up there. I think he'll end up landing. They've still got three spots open. They've got Mariner. Sailor was really good at fullback, can play in the halves. They've got cover for a lot of those spots. It's probably maybe just a few they dropped there in the forwards, but it's an extremely talented side again. Um, and I think they'll be right up there. So on here, I had them first, which even surprised me when I ran through it in my head. But their buyers, when I looked for Origin, land in a good spot. I think they get guys off playing off the backup. They Two of their buyers land on a week where they would have lost players, which is very helpful. They get extra home games because they play the Queensland teams up there. They've got magic round. So, again, they're not going to have to travel a lot. And, yeah, I just think it's, again, a very, very stacked roster. And there should be no greater motivation uh, motivation than this window being open and losing the grand final the way they did. But the proof will be in the pudding. Pressure's on Kevy Walters and the players and the talent and all these long-term deals now to uh, try and avenge that this year, I guess. Because certainly the team there. But, uh, yeah, with that core sort of locked in, we know what happens after that. People come hunting like they did for Herbie and Flegler. Palacia, and they're going to do that the next few years to the Broncos. And once you pay these guys, and Walsh still hasn't been paid, um, things get very tight. So you want to strike while the iron's hot. And I think for Brisbane, this is going to be one of those years. So there you go. Preview of all the teams. I've built a ladder. Um, Boxhead's obviously given you insight and. I'll be back in a couple of days' time, I guess, to run through all the usual stuff and give predictions about premieres and all the other bits and pieces and overrunners and whatnot. Um, and, yeah, that format, like I said, moving forward during the year, probably Monday, Wednesday, most weeks is what we'll look to do. We'll chat footy and I'll do the extracurriculars with some guests and some friends of ours and keep that going. So more content, if anything. So great for you guys. I'm looking forward to it. But Boxhead, the Vegas games, team's name today. you excited to... Watch some football. You're obviously there on the day to day on the ground in Canberra, but I'm sure everyone's yeah, keen. Of course, and- of course, yeah, of course. And we're we're the first game, kickoff game, you know, the Thursday. So, you know, we're about to move into at Newcastle, isn't it? Yeah, moving into game week. So, you know, it's Tuesday night now, and we're back in. All the players are back in tomorrow. So, um, yeah, you know, we're sort of eight days eight days out now. So. You know, this time next week, I'll be waking up to do our captain's run and drive up to Newey for round one. So it's it's here, like the footy's here. It's um, it's exciting. It's it's going to be good. Good to get it underway. Not only in Vegas, but then yeah, you know, like three days later, four days later in in Newcastle, and um, and then you know the rest of the the rest of the competition will follow that. So Sunday, one thirty and three thirty Australian time. Those two games. Yeah. So Manly Seas are the first one uh, just after lunchtime there on Sunday and then Roosters Broncos at 3.30 in the afternoon. And then, like you said, four-day turnaround and the rest of the competition kicks off with you guys up against the Knights. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. And like I said before, I know I say every year, like usually this team's up here or I think when we started, there was always a definitive couple of teams that we were really confident of and we are generally around the mark. But they always seemed to just be a glut for a few years there. There was these three teams or this six teams and a few come and gone and couldn't back it up. But I'm honest in my opinion when I say, like I'm big on Penrith, Broncos, Storm, Warriors. But outside of that, honestly, from five 
to down to 13. Like, I literally stared at those teams. Titans, Knights, Eagles, Raiders, Eagles, Sharks, South Cowboys, Roosters, and was just like, man, there's a few of them that I think have definitely shouldn't miss, but I, I think with the Dolphins being introduced, a slim player market and just teams either maintaining or they feel at the top losing as they've gone well, I, I think this could be the biggest log jam I've ever had. I really do. So from that, I'm excited to watch some football this year. Yeah. Boxhead, great to talk footy with your champion. The Zoom okay. situation, uh, yeah, interesting, but we'll work our way through it this year. Hopefully, I'll sort out some uh, gear, get your uh, a microphone there, and we'll work on the sound side of things. We'll just have to learn with that on, on the, the running. Sound, the sound came through fine before, so. Yeah, I think it sounds pretty good considering. Uh, definitely better than the phone, that's for sure. But, yeah, we'll be uh, doing our thing as always and talking football. Rugby league, the game we love, how good it is almost back. But it's near midnight now, mate, so you better get yourself some shut-eye. Yep, uh, great talking footy with you. Welcome back for another season, everybody, with us here at the fifth and last. Listen, subscribe, recommend us to all your friends. Get on board for what will be another huge season for us here but for now and i get to say it because there is football on the weekend enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.